episode was brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. Dave, Greg Bench, Ryan, Dan, Ian Urza, Kevin, James, Ashley, Greg Morrison, Earl, Raul, Joel, Greg Russell, Brian, Stefan, Amy, Ian West, and Trey. Stick around for an extended shout-out at the end. Now on to the episode. Welcome to another episode of Father and Son Watch Horror Movies. I am your co-host, The Father, a.k.a. Pastor Matt. And I am joined, as always, by my trusty sidekick, Jackson the Sun, and boy, oh boy, it's certainly an interesting time to be a fan of the Halloween franchise. (laughs) Yes, we are a spoiler podcast. We spoil the movies we discuss, and we're at the end of our Michael Myers slash Halloween franchise review. For this episode, we have a double bill of Halloween 2018 and the new Halloween Kills. We will cover both in order, and we will spoil both, so... If you haven't seen the new one yet, and shame on you, I mean, honestly, you're on solid ground for the first half of the episode, but be forewarned. And so to do this double bill right, we called in not one, but two returning guests. First up, Gilman Joel Robertson from Retro Movie Geek. How are you, buddy? I am doing good, and I'm here to declare multiple times, (laughs) evil dies tonight. (laughs) Well, which one do you prefer, that or Tina? Tina? Uh, Evil evil dies tonight, actually. There you go. And welcoming back the host of Headlong into Monsters, Raul the Monster Slayer. How are you, sir? I'm friggin' awesome, and I can't remember the quitty whip I was going to (laughs) say. I I leave him to Jackson, man. I don't even try. You you know, you can, hey, you know what? That's the good thing about having a co-host. You have somebody like Ashley on, you can just say, hey, look, you come up with quips. Exactly. I love Ashley. I lean on her for conversations so much because there's times where my mind just goes blank. Yeah, oh, me too. Well, my mind's like that most of the time. But let's, uh, just, let's begin with Halloween 2018 which the IMDb synopsis reads, Laurie Strode confronts her longtime foe, Michael Myers, the masked figure who has haunted her since she narrowly escaped his killing spree on Halloween night four decades ago. Am I safe to assume that we can skip the whole when did you first see this? Did we all four of us see this, like at least on opening week or opening weekend, Joel? Uh, Yes, twice, opening weekend. All right, Raul, what about you? I actually saw it um, maybe on on Blu-ray first. Really? Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. Jackson, what about you? Yeah, this was an opening weekend uh, one for me. Actually, it was an interesting... When I went to go see it the first time, my mom wasn't with me, and I was still... I was, like, 16. uh, Or, yeah, no, I would have been 15, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Math. Uh, I walked up to the thing. I was like, one for uh, Halloween. And, and I had been there before and seen R-rated movies before. And they were like, all right, great. And, and uh, I, they were like, oh, and can we see your ID? And I'm like, oh, it, it's okay. You know, I've seen R-rated movies here before. My mom approves of this. And they're like, yeah, uh, and where is she? So I had to go and get my mom and bring her to the thing so that she could consent to me seeing Halloween. It was so embarrassing. But I did see Halloween twice opening weekend. So, uh, yeah, and, and now I own it on Blu-ray. Thanks to you, Dad, the Steelbook, which is very nice. Yes, I, well... I will say this. I grew up, uh, I'm in Wheelersburg, Ohio, like population 5,000. It's a small town, a suburb of a college town of 20,000. That tells you where I'm at. And we lived literally a quarter of a mile. I've shown it to you, Jackson, right, from the cinema that I grew up going to, Wheelersburg Cinema. And 
my parents, for whatever reason, I, I have no idea why, because they were really strict with what I watched, even though I snuck around, you know, sleepovers and stuff like that and watched Hell Night and Fast Times at Ridgemont High and all that kind of stuff on uh, HBO. For whatever reason, when I turned 13, they told the owner of the theater, who's a friend of mine to this day, you know what, unless it's a sex movie, he can see whatever he wants. And the first two horror movies I saw in the theater at 13, 1985, were Friday the 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning, and A Nightmare on Elm Street 2. I thought they said no sex movies. I was about to say, you beat me to it, Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) Solid choices. They they didn't they didn't know any better. The owner didn't. So, but yeah, those are the first two, and somehow I remained a horror fan. Those those are the first two I saw in theater. So, but yeah, they just basically let me see whatever I wanted to see at that point at thirteen. So, but yeah, I I'm sorry, Jackson. That's that's terrible. But anyway, um, here we go. The plot written by David Gordon Green, Danny McBride. And Jeff, you know, Fradley, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, maybe it's Fradley, I don't know. All known for comedy, right? Like the Righteous Gemstones, which I love. Um, They decided to erase every sequel up until Halloween. It's just Halloween 1978 and then Halloween 2018. They hit the reset button, picking up from John Carpenter and Deborah Hill's original. Joel, what did you think of that move? I actually, okay. Full disclosure to anyone that doesn't know this about me, I tend to be a person who poo-poos remakes in general. But then when I do like a full inventory of remakes that I actually like, it's a surprisingly long list. However, it still usually annoys me. All that being said, this is the direction I want every franchise to go in forever. And ever and ever, because I feel like what it does is, okay, so we get through Halloween kill, uh, kills, Halloween ends. Okay, after all that's over, that's that particular line. Now, go ahead and somebody do it again. Do it again. Start a different a different track from what happens yeah. after one. You could keep this going in perpetuity without it feeling like constant rehashing or that you're completely crapping all over the original that we all know and love. Yeah, fair enough. Raul, what about you? I... I'm the other way around. I am a remake apologist. <laughs> so um, anytime I get a like a continuation of a classic story, a retelling of a classic story, anything like that, I am on board for it because I love seeing uh, different iterations of the same story. It's like song covers for me. I, I don't like Taylor Swift. She writes great songs, but she should stick to writing because all of the covers that I've heard of a Taylor Swift song are better than the original. So... Um, <laughs> for me, it's, uh, I, I think it's great, man. I love it. All right. Jackson, what about you? I, I don't know what to think because I, I love Halloween too. And I like Halloween four as well. And H2O, I love that, that, um, timeline as well. But, um, yeah, I think this is probably the right call. And, and they did it in such a, an interesting way. It's like, they're not only just ignoring them all, they're addressing the fact that they're ignoring them in the movie. I mean, obviously we get that, the brother and sister thing with, with Laurie and Michael, they dismiss that as a, a, um, urban legend in this movie. So it's, and they, they reference past horror. I mean, they, they reference Halloween too, a lot in, in this, in this film. Well, so. yeah, they reference a lot of the past movies in both yeah. of them, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so for it's sure. not like they're just ignoring everything, but it, it you know, as far as confusion goes, maybe naming it ho- just Halloween wasn't the yes. right move. Totally. But narrative-wise, yeah. narrative-wise, they made the right call. Yeah, and, and I do want to add to Jackson your point about the loving those other movies because I do as well. But I love that it's like choose your own adventure for a timeline, mm-hmm. right? Yes. 
you know, that's what I do like. Yeah, I agree. So I, I yeah, I didn't have a problem with it. And, and, and also because you get into the brother and sister thing, or even then you get into the cult of thorn thing or whatever, you're really narrowing your options, right? Whereas oh, at this, sure. you've got, you're wide open. Yes, totally agree with that. Oh, yeah. So and as far as the naming goes, I feel like if uh, they should have gone with Halloween, the original, the tw Halloween 2018 should have been Halloween Lives, this, then Halloween Kills, then Halloween Ends. Oh, that's oh, great. Oh, I like that. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You need to get a hold of somebody. <laughs> have, a, have them retcon it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. R Ryan Turk, Jason Blum, are you listening? Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, you need a better, you need to put Raul in the head of your marketing department. Um, so, you know, we have the podcasters, the true crime podcasters who, you know, which is obviously very big right now. I don't know if that will date this, you know, as the years go on, but we live in a time where it seems like, you know, 80% of podcasts are true crime podcasts. Even I've been on a true crime podcast. And we have these true crime podcasters who attempt to interview Michael. We meet his new caretaker, Dr. Sartain, and they attempt to bait Michael with his old mask. And that's the lead up to the sting and the Halloween theme and the title. What did you think of this? Joel, what did you think? I have to be honest, because I hadn't watched this in it's been over a year since I had been before I was watching it for the show. And I every time when I saw it in the theaters, once I got it on Blu-ray and watching it this time, that whole sequence and the really the buildup of everybody kind of on, on that awesome, that visual of like the checkerboard and you've got all of the different inmates reacting to this, this sort of unseen, unspoken evil presence. And then just the say something and the build and you just get that hit of just yeah. right into it. Oh my, it gives me chills every single time. Yes. If only they wouldn't have spoiled it in the trailer. Um, but I, I had, a, I actually had a back and forth with Ryan Turk that where he got very upset with me what I said about the trailer, but uh, that's okay. Raul, what did you think? I freaking loved it. It gets me amped up every damn time I watch mm -hmm. this movie. And I don't know, it didn't get ruined for me in the trailer because I stay away from trailers. So I went smart into man. it fresh. Smart, smart man. You are a smart man. This was actually, that was actually the trailer that got me off of trailers, if that makes sense. Yep, me too. Yes, me for, too. I, for I, me, it was uh, Pet Cemetery the remake. Uh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. I don't want to bring that up because Joel will get mad at me. I will. So, we'll, we'll let that go. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Jackson, what do you think, buddy? Yeah, it's it's, it's a great opening. Um, it is it is fantastic, and uh, we'll talk about the opening of Halloween Kills, which I think did not do it as well as this movie. But this is a great way to set it up and bring us back to to the Halloween franchise. It's just fantastic. I think it's an odd cut. The part where he's like, say something, and then just cuts a do-do-do-do-do-do, you know, with the Halloween title card. I love that cut. Me too. It's, I do oh, too. too. Matt. For me, it feels a little odd. It's like, is that what Michael's saying? Is he saying Halloween? It's like a very, it's like a very odd thing. It's like, say something, and then it's like, Halloween. So it's, it's I don't know. Maybe that's just my dumb ape brain. It's like, is that what he's saying? I don't understand. <laughs> but, but, um... But yeah, it, it's a great opening, and I love the visuals. It's like realistically, I'm not really sure that exists. Just they have them out in the no. sun there, just getting sunburns. But uh, but it, it's cool. Well, it, it, that part exists. The part about barring the mask from the attorney general that does not exist. Yeah, yeah. these these podcasters are getting this this murder. Yeah, that murder doesn't happen. Now yeah. that 
that being said, I did have a back and forth message with uh, Shane, the maniac cop, uh, who I loved, great guy. And I, I, I pointed out because in a previous life, 20 odd years ago, I did work as a prosecutor for a year. And it, 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 no, no attorney general or DA is going to loan out evidence. That being said, stuff disappears from evidence lockers all the time. I know I've had to search for stuff. And it's like, where is it? And they're like, oh, so it does happen. But and, they- and I have a theory, which I it would be spoilery. So I don't know how deep we're going to get into spoilers on 2018 yet. But oh, we're going to get go full on. We don't care. OK, so go go now. Spoiler yeah, or- no. okay. Whatever okay. you want to do, go for it. Okay, so I have the theory, and I've had it for a while now, and I still have it, and I'm sticking to it, even though several people have told me I'm a, an idiot. And, and and I mean, not just a normal idiot, like I normally am, but as in for what I'm about to say, which is this. I have a theory that the po- male podcaster, the, the guy, I can't remember his name, yeah. that he was in on it in some way, shape or form. I always felt like you never really saw him die, die. Cause when he like is in the corner, he's still kind of with it as Michael's doing his thing in the bathroom. I know we're getting ahead to that scene, but the reason yeah. why I put that up is because I felt like maybe them getting the mask was him and Sartain together, but that we can get, as we get further along into oh, the plot, cool. we can talk about that. But that, that's why I never, I thought that the whole uh, getting it from the uh, DA or whatever was, was bunk. Like I didn't buy that. Yeah. All right. That's interesting. I never thought about it that way. What? But uh, yeah, we, we will definitely talk about it. But eventually we meet Lori again, who now obviously has like an H2O PTSD and is almost now a like a survivalist um, and kind of implied that she's an alcoholic. Um, I like her performance. But what do we think of Lori? in this movie compared to Lori of 1978. Do you buy it? Is it, you know, you know, there's some similarities from H2O. What, what do you think, Joel? Yes. um, And I was a big fan of H2O when it came out. I haven't watched it a lot in the last Mm -hmm. several years. Um, And I, the few times I've watched like, you know, bits and pieces of it here and there, I'm almost afraid to, because I'm worried that it won't hold up for me as well as my memory of it is. (laughs) So, uh, but that being said, I feel like, yeah, her character in that is far more subdued and probably as much as it can be a more realistic portrayal. Mm -hmm. Like I think she goes full Sarah Connor in T2 in this movie. Yeah. But that being said, I really, really love Sarah Connor in T2. So even though I, it's, of course, a bit of a stretch that, you know, yes, people have traumas and they have PTSD and they have all this stuff that they deal with. Would she go to the level that she goes to? Probably not. That being said, I still really kind of love that she does. All right. Fair enough. Raul, what do you say? Uh, for me, she's kind of a mix between Sarah Connor and Alien Ripley from the Alien franchise. Yeah. But um, I love, I I love the way they they made the character because, in my opinion, um, it seems more like their relationship between Michael Myers and Laurie Strode is like the relationship between like a sexual predator and 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 one of their victims because for one of them, it is it is destructive it. It, it can consume their lives. They can get lost in this trauma and it becomes everything. Their entire life revolves around this incident that happened to them. And for, for Michael, it, it, she was just another number. She was just another victim. And I find that so incredibly powerful. It's, it, I don't know if you guys have seen the meme of like, um, 
of the Thanos Scarlet Witch meme when she says, "You you took everything from me," and he says, "I don't even know who you are." That's that's <laughs> oh. the feeling I get from this movie, and I love it. Yeah, they kind of push that whole thing that Quentin Tarantino has said that he wishes had held through the Halloween movies, which is just that, you know, it's not that they're brother and sister. It's just that she showed up at his door, his home. And so he just fixated on her for that reason and that reason alone. And other than that, he's just about killing, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do find that interesting. Jackson, you're the aspiring filmmaker. What do you say? Yeah, I yeah, I, I thought it was odd originally watching the movie that 40 years on, she is still, you know, making these preparations. She's still stalking and keeping in and uh, keeping up up to date with her her gun training and stuff. It is kind of odd, but I like that. I do. I do. I do like those those kind of characters like Ellen Ripley and and um, Sarah Connor. And yeah, it does definitely seem like she she thinks more about Michael than Michael thinks about her because in this series again yeah they're not related the only reason it seems that michael still kind of comes after laurie is that certain takes is taking him to her house right that's not he doesn't care about laurie um right. it just so happens that and and we kind of see that also um in um uh in halloween kills i don't want to get ahead of myself here but it seems like he's not really coming for her everybody thinks that he's coming for her but that's not really what he's concerned with so, so yeah, that, that is an interesting idea. It's sort of like also Loomis. I mean, Laurie's got like Loomis syndrome in this where Loomis thinks more about Michael than Michael thinks about him. So, um, That's a yeah, That's a good it's, point. it's yeah. definitely an interesting thing to think about. Like this, our protagonist, this, this like really sweet girl from the first Halloween movie who was just worried about, about smoking weed with Annie and going on a date with Ben Tramer. Um, now her entire life has just been ruined forever because of that one night. So that is, that's, that's just as horrifying as, as Michael, the slasher. I mean, it's just, just really sad, but, um, but yeah, so I, I do like Lori's character. She definitely feels she's just, she is definitely a, a more extreme version of, of her character in Halloween H2O because it's just like that idea just taken to a further extent. Yeah, I, I buy, you know, I go along for the ride um, in this movie. I do think that Halloween H2O is closer to what I've seen. I mean, doing the gig that I've done for, you know, 20 odd years now, having met people who've been attacked and, and sexually assaulted and you name it, I, I, I've seen it, um, you know, but typically what they end up is more like Laurie Strode Halloween H2O which is they're kind of functionally dealing, but they have some kind of self-medication. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, yeah, they don't typically go all survivalist. Um, now, that being said, I do know a couple of people like that, but also that being said, um, Joel, you may relate to this, and Jackson, you grew up here. I'm in Appalachia, so you meet people who think the apocalypse is coming, and so I need 40, you know, <clears throat> you know, assault rifles and you yeah. know whatever else I get onto. I mean, I, I I know people who who seem to think that uh, you know they have the constitutional right to have like a to have like missile launchers in their front yard. So um, I I've, I know people like that, but I, I'm not so sure that she would have gone to this extreme. But I'm I'm still along for the ride. You know, I that's okay. Um, which brings me to this. Of course, Michael escapes, and we learn later that it was Sartain 
But now this is according to the folks at Collider. Do you know who, who the guys at Collider are yes. on YouTube? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. They attended the premiere. They did a review of Halloween 2018 um, at the premiere. I waited to watch it after I watched the movie on opening night, which was really cool because my local cinema had a guy dressed up like Michael Myers uh, silently walking up and down the um, entrance and also then during the movie walking up and down the aisles. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that was great. But um, I watched the Collider review, and they said they spoke to people at Blumhouse and that contrary to what John Carpenter said, they did have an early screening. And the early screening for test audience, it was not Sartain who released Michael. Mm -hmm. It was Laura. It was Laurie Strode who crashes the bus to get to Michael. What do we think of what we got versus what we could have had? Now, the test audience was like, no, we don't want to think Laurie's responsible for this. And so that's where they went. What say you, Joel? Well, I've heard that as well. And after rewatching it this time, almost every time I, because I've known about that since like what like what you said, I didn't watch anything prior um, other than making the mistake uh, like Raul of watching the original trailer. Mm-hmm. But I did, it was after the first viewing. But after that, like every subsequent viewing, I've thought about that. And I have to be honest, and I feel like I'm probably in the minority here. I wish they had gone that route. I, I uh. think there's something so tragic and oddly poetic about the idea that you're so traumatized, right? Mm-hmm. That you are so obsessed and so desperate to rid yourself of this fear once and for all that you essentially create the very scenario you were trying to avoid ever happening again. There's just something in that that to me is so more so much more emotionally powerful than the way it ends up. All right. Um, Raul, what do you say? You know what, Joel? I'm going to completely agree with you. I love um, when something like that happens, when you're trying to prevent something and then you become the creator of your own demise, hoisted upon your own petard, as you will. Yes. But yeah. uh, and, and I think it's so rad. I love seeing that uh, depicted in movies, depicted in stories. You know, the uh, when when so when the victim becomes the victimizer, Mm-hmm. Uh, the hunter yep. becomes the prey. Any any yep. role reversal like that, I am here for it. That being said, I do like that twist of of I'm I'm in I'm definitely in the minority when I say I I do like the twist of the of the new Loomis Sart- Sartain is that his name? Yes, yeah, Sartain. Yeah, yeah. I do like him being so incredibly infatuated with what Michael Myers is that he. Uh, helps him escape and whatnot. I I do like that more than probably the ending of The Mist. (laughs) Well played, sir. How dare you. Well played. (laughs) The Mist is perfect. Perfect, sir, I say. Yes, up uh, until the last two minutes. No, <laughs> no it's it's a it's a perfect movie. I love I'm not saying it's bad. I love that ending. I am here for one thousand. There we go. Seven days a week. There we go. All right. Jackson, what do you say, buddy? <laughs> well, about the Lori thing, uh, you know, I think that would have been really interesting. I'm not so sure uh that uh, that that would have sat well with me like trying to fall asleep at at night knowing that Lori Strode is responsible for that kid being killed Uh, that might have been hard um but uh yeah I I don't know um it definitely would have made her uh her 
drive to kill Michael Myers once and for all feel more real and feel like we, we get it immediately. We get how much she wants to kill Michael. Um, but that would have made it odd how in Halloween Kills she's just kind of bedridden for, for most of the movie, um, not really doing anything. Anyways, um, but also, about the, so I, I kind of want to get ahead of myself here. I kind of also like Sartain as a character and where his character goes. I don't mind that twist at all. Uh, I, it's not really even that much of a twist. It's not like he's the new Michael or anything, which is how some people describe it. Like, oh, he's the real bad guy. It's like, no, Michael's still the real bad guy. He's <laughs> in the movie for the like... Movie? Of course Michael's the bad guy. Of yeah, the, but yeah. there are people... I remember before I saw it, I saw people that were like, oh, there's a terrible twist with the villain. And I'm like, it's not really i mean that's not like the end of the movie or anything it's not like that's a huge narrative changing thing he he literally just reveals that he did something earlier and then he's dead you know what i mean it's not like that's such a weird thing to get angry about well, I, uh, well, it, 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 it go goes ahead. back to one of joel's favorite movies jurassic park right i mean there is a tendency and there's a history here of scientists including those in the quote-unquote soft science like psychology psychiatry where you get obsessed with, you know, what you can explain and so forth, rather than what you should do, you yes. know, from a morality aspect. I mean, and so he's obsessed with seeing Michael in the wild. Michael doesn't speak. Michael barely moves. And so he's obsessed with answering what is wrong with Michael Myers. And so he feels he needs to see him out and about and quote unquote, the wild. I get that. Joel, is that where you were going? Or uh, Yes. In fact, I will say this. I think it's kind of interesting because I've heard so much negativity about Sartain. And I think I feel like all four of us are like, actually, he wasn't that bad. But yeah. I, I think I have, honestly, this is such a superficial thing. But watching it again this time, I it hit me why that character annoys people. I think I'm, of course, I, this does not apply to every single person. I realize everybody has different opinions mm -hmm. on this, but I think I know what it is. He puts on the freaking mask. If he doesn't put on the mask, yeah. if he just drags Michael over, throws him in the back door, and it's just, I think some people would have still been annoyed, but look, you had to explain it somehow. How did he get out? How the bus crash, blah, blah, blah. But I really think watching, because he looks goofy. Because he's, you know, he's yeah. just a doctor guy. And it's like, yeah, come on. I don't want to see the shape's face on you, man. It's not scary. It kind of degrades for yeah. a moment, not for very long, but for a moment, the, the effective quality of the power of that mask. And I think that, if we watching it this time, really hit me. I was like, I think that might be really what it comes down to for most people. He doesn't put that mask on. I think most people are like, yeah, it was kind of whatever. But they wouldn't have been as upset about it as they were. But Joel, here's the thing. Um... In order to fully understand, there are tons of records of scientists and researchers that go to such extreme lengths to understand completely the subject of research. I mean, Jane Goodall freaking lived with apes and monkeys. Sure, sure. Like, yeah. I, I I completely understand why he uh, why he puts the mask on, especially after you know he stabs. Um, oh my gosh, Hawk, Hawkins, Hawkins. Hawkins. Yeah, yeah, especially after he stabs yeah. Hawkins in the throat, and then he sa he gets this rush on his face, and then he feels like he's finally understanding. He says, "So that's what it feels like." Of course, he's gonna put the mask on. You kidding well, me? I, I, I would say this. I would say I get your point, and I think that yes, that seems like a reasonable thing to do, but then maybe it's in how it was shot. So for instance, he stabs him in the throat, he puts it on kind of in shadow, and then takes it off again. Like he just wanted it for a moment. I just think that full on in the headlights, brightly lit, he's wearing it like a little, it almost looks like a kid wearing it as he's- uh, you know, He it, looks it, like a bobblehead. Yeah, it's too big on him. Like it's, yeah. it looks like a kid wearing his dad's suit or something. It just it looks a little weird, and I feel like that's why I get to your point. Why, as a character, 
and is, is you know, he would do that. I that makes sense. I feel like though when the visual is there, it just looks weird and goofy. If he pulled it tight or something with Maybe, his own hands, I, I don't even know. But I feel like that for me, like looking at it, like that's the only. If I have a gripe about the situation, the character, that's probably my biggest one. But it does make yes, I get why he would do it. I just think the execution of the way it looks and everything doesn't quite work. All right, I'll, Jackson, I'll give you that. All right, Ra go ahead, Raul. I'm sorry. No, I'll just I'll, I will I will concede to that. All right, Jackson, what do you say? Yeah, I think that shot of Thartane in the mask looked terrifyingly funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it kind of it kind of looks like uh, Michael in Rob Zombie's Halloween when he's kid Michael and he puts on the mask for the first time. He's he's walking down the hall after Judith. Yeah. Looks like that. Uh, yeah, it, it's 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 stupid uh i don't know why they did that it would have been cool if like we see him he takes the mask on like like joel said he puts it on he like like looks around in it for a couple seconds and he's like yeah smells bad takes it off you know um but uh but yeah so i think that 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 would have been the way to go it is it is kind of stupid that they had him put it on and pop up like a, and it, it yeah it looks <laughs> stupid it's but i understand completely why he did it. i understand sartain's character he's not going to be a fan favorite i mean that's just the way it is he, he's even in the movie Movie, he's nobody's favorite. He's just new Loomis. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't bother me too much the the twist of it. And um, yeah, so yeah, Sartain he's all right in my book. All right, so we get so Michael's free. He goes on a killing spree, a rather brutal one, right? And um, and then eventually he gets to the teens. Though at first it's it's adults it's anybody including when he escapes from the bus he kills a child yeah i mean that was jarring yeah. oh you're here for <laughs> oh i love depictions of child murder in movies are you kidding me <laughs> when wes craven said that the first monster that the viewer has to be afraid of is the filmmaker he's not wrong yeah <laughs> and the poor kid who just wanted to be a dancer Yes, mm -hmm. yeah. I will say this one, and I'm sure everybody knows this by now, especially anybody who's remotely a fan of these movies, but the fact that that uh, Two of Us song is playing that they kind of did a oh, weird yeah. up based on, uh, you know, Laurie singing it from the first film and it wasn't even a real song, right? So yep. I, I kind of love that they did that. I love that. I actually like him talking to his dad like, Dad, I just wanted to dance, you know? Yeah. And I think the reason, and I actually, I honestly, Raul, I'm with you. And the reason being is I think it, it basically says to the audience, there anything goes, and it sets up perfectly later on when Michael is going through a certain house, and you hear a baby crying. And I'm not, the first time I saw this movie, I remember thinking, "Oh hell no, they yeah. are not going to do that, are they? That's messed because that because that feels like a real violation." But because they've established, well, he just killed like a thirteen-year-old. Why yeah. not? And it's and it, but the third here's what I realized: first off, that thirteen-year-old was in his way. Like it was, I don't even mm -hmm. think it was, you know. And I also, if you really get into, and like, especially in the first film, and in this film, they briefly touch on it uh, when Allison's in class, but that idea of fate and the idea of the shape being this force of nature and the randomness of his killing, because he'll straight up come right at somebody and then turn. Like, why doesn't he kill them? Like, what is it? Because it wasn't their time to die. And I think that's really what it comes down to. It wasn't their time. And whatever's driving him lets him know who got who has to go <laughs> and who has to yeah. be left alone. But I think the the genius of having that kid be one of the early victims is that it does set up later on when that moment happens. It's it was mm -hmm. I remember legitimately being like on the edge of my seat when that happened. Yeah, yeah it, it's everybody is nobody's safe. 
And, and we'll talk about this more in Halloween Kills, especially in Halloween Kills. No one is safe. So uh, when he, you know, he gets through his first couple killings, he goes to a couple houses where people are handing out, you know, trick or treat candy. He's right in front of a couple he'll confront later because there's some callbacks in Halloween Kills. But then, you know, we get to the teens. Now, this was a big discussion. And Joel, I don't, well, I did. I put words in your mouth. But I, <laughs> you can tell me if I'm wrong when we did the Rob Zombie Halloween 1 and 2 with, with Ashley and, and Brian. Um, you know, I made the statement to Ashley. <laughs> I said, you know, part of the problem with Rob Zombie's Halloween and Halloween 2 is, I said, you know, with the original... Uh, John Carpenter said Deborah Hill wrote most of the dialogue mm -hmm. between the the girls, the teen girls, yeah. uh, between Lori and Linda and, and, you know, so forth. And so and so it felt authentic, um, you know, because Deborah Hill was what in her mid 20s. So she wasn't that far removed from it, you know, and she wrote that dialogue and, and it felt real to me. It was like, yeah, I I know those those girls. I went to high school with those girls. I know who they are. You know, and I made the statement, Rob Zombie does not know how to write female dialogue to the point where his female characters are unlikable, to which Ashley replied, I don't think he knows how to write dialogue at all. Um, <laughs> I support so, her opinion. Yeah, yeah. me too. My, my thing was this. I said, I don't think Rob Zombie is a bad director. I think he's a bad writer. I would like to see Rob Zombie direct something from somebody else's script. And what I brought up, which will be out by this time that we're, that we're doing this is that, you know, um, I would like to see like Rob Zombie direct a movie that was written by like the guys who did the quiet place and haunt or something like that. Justin beams buddies, instead of writing it himself, because I just don't think he's a good screenwriter. Is that it? Did I put words in your mouth, Joel? Uh, no, uh, but uh, at the end of the day, I could honestly live with any of that, although, you know, it is kind of annoying to listen to over yeah. a certain period of time. But and I've been made no secret about this. My biggest gripe, especially with that first film, is just the first hour being dedicated to poor little Mikey and like completely removing any of those elements to me that makes him terrifying in that first film. That's the well, best. Right, the episode will be out by here. Yes. It'll be out by a week before this. But we, I did, Jackson, you back me up on this. I said, I said, the problem is when I saw Rob Zombie interviewed, he said, you know, the boogeyman thing never made sense to him. It was illogical. So he replaces the boogeyman with a guy who's in a mental institution for 15 years who somehow is being fed steroids, protein, and creatine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that made sense. Or how about this? If that's you, how you really feel, and I get that Texas Chainsaw Massacre seems to be his favorite movie because it seems like he's constantly trying to make that. Yeah. Um, the reality is, how about you don't make a Halloween movie? Just go throw it out there. If that's how you feel about the character and about the the, the concept uh -huh. that they originally had. Just my, my opinion, that would be uh, my reaction to that. All right. I know that's a tangent, but Raul, what do you think? I actually really enjoy... Uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween movie, the first one, not the second one. The second one is hot garbage, but the first <laughs> one, <laughs> the first one, I find it pretty, pretty fun. It's a good slasher movie. I have a lot of problems with the Laurie Strode character because she's not the symbol of innocence of, uh, of, of shelteredness. You know, the, the, the wholesome girl next door. She's not that. I mean, when she's talking about, 
what she's talking about in the kitchen with the with the bagel or donut, whatever the heck that yeah. is. I'm like, oh, that's hashtag not my Lori Strode. <laughs> right. So I, I have problems with the movie, but the things that I do really like about it is just how freaking brutal it is. Well, Ashley, it was funny. Ashley said, I like the movie when no one's talking. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, she's right. She is 100% right. So, yeah, it's, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it, the thing was, I brought this up. I listened to a podcast called The Evolution of Horror, and they had Kim Newman on talking about Halloween. Kim Newman's kind of a legendary, you know, British film critic, horror film critic. And he said the biggest difference between John Carpenter's Halloween and Rob Zombie's Halloween, John Carpenter is more interested in Laurie Strode than Michael Myers. Rob Zombie is not interested in Laurie Strode at all, only Michael Myers. Yes, but then he takes the boogeyman out of... Like he's only interested in Michael Myers, not the shape. And that's what bothers yes. Yes. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. Jackson, am I wrong here? I know you we've been through this just a day ago, but. Yeah, I well, yeah, I mean, Rob Zombie obviously has a, a, an obsession with explaining away Rob, uh, Michael Myers. And, and yeah, I do. I do agree that uh, that the John Carpenter approach is, is the right approach. But um, but yeah, you know, I'm I, I still love I made this clear. I still love the Rob Zombie movies, plural. Both of them, maybe not love. I enjoy both the, the Rob Zombie <laughs> movies, plural. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So, I don't know. It's yes, yes. He's a terrible writer, though. But I can say that. <laughs> That's, I'm not. I'm not gonna defend that at all. I mean, but I mean, I love Rob Zombie's music. But look at the lyrics of those. It's like bang da bang da boom ba did and then the the witch and the <laughs> hell and the, it's just like that's every song. It's just it's just Mad Libs. Of, it's of a, yeah, words. it is. It is. It's like every like ten words from a Munster episode is a is a Rob Zombie lyric. Yeah. Um. But so, what do we think of? So I already said I don't care for the teens in Rob Zombie's Halloween one and two, but what do we think of the teens here? Allison, Cameron, so forth. What do we think of this batch? Oscar, so forth. Joel, what do you think? Um, I feel like, and this is, I want to be careful because I know we're not in Halloween Kills territory yet, but because of Halloween Kills, characters in this that I honestly didn't even really like, uh, Cameron, I'm looking at you, I like a lot more now. (laughs) So uh, I will say Allison grew on me the more I saw this in that, her character is kind of I mean, obviously she's meant to be sort of like the the, the kind of the new Laurie Strode ish type, right. you know, and, and she does that part. OK, but I mean, at the end of the day, this is more Jamie Lee Curtis's movie. And and I love that. So I, I'm I, I'm fine with that. I liked I mean, the whole thing with Oscar and the her walking home together and what happens to him and the way it plays out is because he's this comedic type character. It, it is a pretty brutal <laughs> <laughs> way he goes yeah. out and i love that whole thing with the, the stop motion sensor and her reaction to it just there's there's a lot in this that i do like i mean i'm glad we did not stay at the uh the rave i've never been a dance party type person mm-hmm. no shocked anyone who knows me uh so i'm glad we were not in that environment for very long but i don't know i the teens did not near annoy me in this nearly as much as they do in other movies uh dave and um i'm brain farting on the girlfriend vicky right that was uh yeah, the blonde vicky, yeah yeah yeah, and I mean, they were fine for what they were. Although, and just a little side note, we're watching it this time, and I, I had this weird, like, I feel like I have a false memory about this movie, And but my wife had it too. We could have sworn, don't you see Dave die? Or is it only the aftermath? 
I it's only the aftermath, I, think, I believe. Is yeah, it? It's only the I, I, I after watching the movie, I turned to her, I said, it, the only thing that is throwing me is, didn't it, don't you remember seeing Dave die? And she goes, yeah, I thought we did, at least a little bit. I'm like, I remember the tattoo, but I didn't remember. And I was like, that is so, it literally, it felt like a false like memory that I have about actually seeing Dave die. Super weird. But yeah, the teenagers were fine. I mean, they were not definitely as annoying as, as many horror film teenagers can often be. Especially these days. Yeah. And so I, but yeah, he's just kind of nailed to the wall like Bob. But Raul, what did you think of the teens in this one? I thought they were pretty well written, the ones that we cared about, even the ones that we didn't really care about. Like, I'm actually, I'm watching this movie on mute on, on the, on a TV. I am too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy. And uh, honestly, I liked it. I mean, uh, they're, they're funny. They're, they're not just like there to pad the kill count. You know, we, we do like them enough. Yes. Yeah, that's Before, fair. Yeah. So to the point where we do feel something when they die, but ultimately they do serve a purpose of, you know, just getting killed for our amusement. But it is a little heart wrenching when you see that. I mean, when you see Dave dicking around in the garage with the motorcycle, you're like, mm -hmm. oh, you're a jerk. So, uh, <laughs> it, like, little things like that make them a little bit more fleshed out than we're typically used to seeing characters in, especially throwaway characters in horror movies. Yeah. And I liked Vicky, the baby. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. The conversation she has with Julian. About, yes. Oh, we're gonna. And how oh. how great is that young actor Jabril yeah, Pantuzu as yeah, Julian? I he's like fantastic. Him. I know. I've heard a lot of people really poo poo that because I I know that's one of what? the. I've heard people people talk, Matt. I'm just oh. telling you, people talk. Uh. Uh, this movie, the biggest gripe I always hear from people who like it, but they're like, yeah, they they don't like the comedic aspects like that and the with the bone me or whatever they say the sandwich part, and yeah. it's like. I actually, I, that part doesn't bother me. Neither of those parts bother me. I like them. In fact, watching it this time, they all played way faster than I even remembered. They're, it's like a little blip. And that's, look, Hitchcock talked all the time about you have suspense, you have these moments, and you you give a, the audience a sense of reprieve through some humor. And then you yeah. nail it again. And that's what they do. Yeah. I mean, you can, how many Friday 13th movies can we name with that? How many, I mean... Yes. I mean, come on, give me a I break. Do. Yeah, I no, I love that kid, but I do too. Jack I thought he was fantastic. Oh, I thought he was incredible, Jackson. Oh, yeah. What do you say? Yeah, I like the I like the teens in this movie. I like Oscar. I like Dave. I like Vicky. I maybe don't like Cameron, but I think that Dylan Arnold does a good job playing him. Um, I'm gonna. This may be a hot take. I don't love Allison. I I think she's boring. Really? I don't know. In, in this movie and in the next movie, I just really didn't connect with her very much. And it's weird that she calls Jamie Lee Curtis grandmother. Yes, I, I wrote that down. I wrote that That's down. That's weird. Grandmother thing. Yeah, it's just it. It just she just she seems very boring to me. I don't know. It, it's um and I don't. This is another hot take, and we're we're gonna get to it. I don't really love Judy Greer in either of these movies either. I love her, but I don't what? think her character is that interesting. In actually, actually, it's not the hot take, Jackson. I agree with you. <laughs> well, there you go. I've got support. I, I love Judy Greer. I think she's great in everything. I love Judy Greer too. Yeah. This character. This is. I will say in the next movie, maybe it's because she wasn't in it as much. The character wasn't, uh, but it wasn't as much to me. But yeah, there were some moments where you're like, all right, look, if, if that woman, if that Laurie Strode version is your mom, I just don't, I get that on some of like, oh, I'm going to go the opposite direction and be, but I don't know. I feel like, especially like by the end, the way she shifts gears, like she does, like, all right, come on. Yeah, come on. So I don't know. I, I'm actually kind of with Jackson on that one. Yeah. And I, and again, yeah, I love, I, I as well love Judy Greer. I mean, Archer and Arrested Development, but she just, it's, oh, maybe she's oh, good she's in other fan. things. 
fantastic in Archer. And Jurassic maybe World. she's yeah, and then maybe <laughs> she's good. Maybe she's a good dramatic actress and other things, but in this, she just really didn't do it for me. Like when she's talking about her her past, like how she was raised by Lori, she's like, "I've spent my entire life trying to forget." And now it's like she's just like very flat, like and especially in Halloween Kills, where I think that her dialogue gets worse as well. It just really doesn't. It's just not it's just not good all over. Um, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I the kids are fine. I, I think Oscar is my favorite. Uh, I know he really strikes out, makes it makes a bad move <laughs> on Allison. But mm -hmm. but his but it, he makes up for it with his awesome kill. So, um, yeah, so I, I like Oscar. I like Dave and, and Vicky and, and yeah. So well, the, the hold off on that because we, we will call out our favorite kill. So, and if that's yours, we'll, we'll come okay. back. We have, so, but it's also good that, you know, when we've got Julian, we've got the sheriff, you know, it, you know, it's good that Haddonfield is more diverse than it was because in nearly all the earlier films, the town is about as diverse as a Hank Williams Jr. concert. <laughs> um, it's, I mean, it's, it is, it is mayonnaise on Wonder Bread, folks. But anyway, um, th that being said, I also wonder why we're just going through the characters. I do want to give a quick shout out to Will Patton as Hawkins. Yes. I like Will Patton in everything. Yes, I do too. Uh, yep. From No Way Out, even to Armageddon, to Remember the Titans. You know, I haven't seen The Forever Purge yet, which he's in, but I just think he's amazing. And Joel, it sounds like you're with me. Oh, yes, 100% I am with you. Um, and in fact, I think it was called In the Woods. I, I'm just checking to verify that. I recently watched a, uh, well, recently, like a few months ago, a TV movie. It was one of um, Anthony Perkins' last uh, TV movies. Oh, and in the deep woods, that was what it was called. In the deep woods, he play he plays a detective type character in that. He's he's ninety two, so actually it may have been actually Perkins last. He already passed. I think it came out like a month after he passed away. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, anything Patton's in, I've always, I I like him always. Yeah, he was great. Raul, what do you think of Patton as Hawkins? I love I, I love him as much as I love the ending of the Mist. I think he's great. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, don't know I told how you I knew he were Joel. <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to figure out how to beat that. It was like a weirdly like passive aggressive, either shot at me or shot at Matt. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> no, when when I say when I say I love the ending of the mist, I am earnest. I think it's okay. fantastic. As someone who loves being, as someone who loves watching children get killed in movies, do you think I hate the ending okay. of the mist? Come on. Good, great point, great point. I think I got my hopes up because when the way you originally set that whole thing up, I thought you might be taking a jab at Matt, but then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> mm -mm. Mm -mm, help me. I got you. All right, I'm tracking. Oh, well, at Jackson. least I know Patton. That's good. <laughs> oh yeah. Jackson, what do you think of Will Patton as Hawkins? Yeah, I, I I love Hawkins, and I was you can imagine my relief in, in Halloween Kills. One of the first things we see is him still alive. I was like, oh yay, uh, because I was pretty yeah. sure that Sartain, and that's another reason I don't hate Sartain as much because I thought they killed Hawkins, uh, but the fact that that Hawkins survived, you know, that's you know maybe I don't hate Sartain, but uh, but yeah, I, I love Officer Hawkins and his his hinted past with uh, with Lori, uh, which I thought they were they were mar maybe married originally, but it seems that they they were just. Uh, just it, it was something that could have been. How yeah. did he survive though? Because he got run over by the cruiser. Yes, I, 
I thought that it's funny. I was talking to a friend of mine about that, and that was he made that point. He's like, "Look, it, it bugs me that, and I, I think it's fair. I think honestly, the running over because we don't know it could have been just like his legs, but the knife to the the pen knife to the jugular yeah. vein probably could survive that. That being said, I kind of don't care because I also loved Hawkins. I was happy that he left, so I don't care. I, oh yeah, I'm with you. yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I was just glad to see him back. So the kills in this. Um, yeah. Which, you know, when I watched it the first time, I thought, wow, this is, you know, they're going there. This is the bloodiest Halloween movie I've seen in a while. And then I saw Halloween Kills. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But did you have a favorite in Halloween 2018? Joel, did you have a favorite? Yeah, it's probably a... It's probably tied if we're talking about like an actual on screen versus like the always mm-hmm. uh, Officer Francis with his your glowing jack o' lantern head, which I kind of love that. Um, the Chris Nelson uh, thing. Um, but I, I think an actual kill is probably Oscar because I love the build up the most. That I, I'm probably gonna have to vote Oscar oh, for my favorite. The motion light. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. We just he's just there. Oh, it's so great. Love it. I agree. Raul, what about you, buddy? Um, for me, it would kind of be. I'm gonna break the rules. It's it's a it's a tie between Oscar and Sartain because mm. yes, anytime someone gets impaled on a fence and left there, it's freaking great. The buildup's fantastic, but Sartain, it's real quick, real abrupt, um, and yeah, his head explodes like a pumpkin. It's fantastic. It yeah, and you and Rao, just so you know, you you you, you uh, have more bravery than I do because I was gonna cheat and say that as well. <laughs> so I was gonna it was between him and Sartain for me. Yeah, nice. Oh, uh, Jackson, what about you? I'm 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 right there. It's 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 a tie between Sartain and Oscar for me. I think I it's it's more satisfying, definitely Sartain's kill. Uh seeing his head get crushed by, like a pumpkin. That's that's nice. But uh but Oscar's kill has gone up for me a little bit because in Halloween Kills we see his corpse in the in the morgue. So that was mm-hmm. that's an extra layer. And then you also during that that uh Oscar kill we get that awesome soundtrack piece, which so I think oh, that improves yes. it. Uh yeah. we will talk about the score next. So yeah, stay tuned for that. But I I also really liked the bathroom kill. Uh, I loved when he dropped the teeth. Teeth, yes. I've yes. never seen that before. And I was like, oh, that's brutal. And then, you know, just picking her up. And, and so even though we don't see a lot, you know, her feet kicking always gets me, you know, that kind of thing. I, yeah, I loved that one kill. I, I, I probably loved Oscar more, but just to pick up on one, I thought that was great. I love the bathroom scene with yeah. the podcaster. Yeah. So, yeah. That is brutal. That's when you know, like, Michael's enjoying this. Yeah, but you also know, and it's like, and I, I'm sure we'll get into this more, and I'm sure you guys have heard this, which is that I believe, um, I was, I'm trying to think if it was David Gordon Green, David Gordon Green or somebody said this idea of Michael, it, it, well, it's in the it's in the movie, right? It's, I feel like I'm going to hit myself because it's in Halloween Kills. But that idea of it being a six-year-old trapped in a man's body with like, yep. the mind of an apex predator, whatever they say, um, yep. or an animal. And that, like, that teeth thing in my mind is kind of like, was it meant to just freak her out? Probably. But it's almost like a gift. It's like a six-year-old, like, look what I have. Look mm-hmm. what I could do. And he just drops them to her. So it's like, it is brutal and ugly, but oddly playful <laughs> in his yeah. way that he does things. That's the kind of yeah. gift a cat would leave on your porch. Yeah, exactly. Yes. yes. Exactly. Yes. yes, absolutely true. So John Carpenter came back uh, to help helm the score with his son and so forth. I really loved 
the score in this one. I'll have more to say about Halloween Kills, but I really loved the score in in this one. And Jackson, you brought it up. That's why I'm transitioning in it before we get to the ending. But what do you say, gents? Do you, what do you think about the score, Joel? I loved it, and I'm I don't like your tone about the Halloween Kills score. <laughs> I don't like anyone's tone about Halloween Kills in general. I feel like I'm going to be on an island here. I don't uh, know so about that. Don't be so sure. Don't be so sure. A, Joel, I knew we were going to agree on something. Uh, yeah, there, yeah. There is a synthesizer beat in the score of Halloween Kills that kept reminding me of Come On Eileen by Dexy's Midnight really? oh, now Don't put that in my head because I, <laughs> I didn't have that. I, be I, all I, you hear now. Uh, of course it is. I actually I love the score in this one and in Halloween Kills. Um, but I did I think it feels a little repetitive in this one when I think like there were certain tr like certain themes and tracks, which I mean it's a Halloween movie uh, <laughs> that do get replayed a lot. But all of the ones that get played, I just love. Like the the you brought up the Oscar one, just that I, I, it, Jackson, you're much more of a music person than I am. But just that the way that 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 kind of like kind of sound that he uh, just it's so great. It gets you going. And then obviously the theme kicks in and when it kicks in on that opening title sequence. Yeah, everything about the music in both of these films is just top notch for me. Raul, what do you say? I I loved it. I freaking enjoyed the music, the the times that it played. I think it added so much more to the uh, uh, to the experience and the visuals of what was going on. I know there's that whole thing of the original where if you play, we play without music, it's boring as hell. And if you play with music, mm -hmm. of course, it's a classic we all know and love. But... Um, I mean, I, if you took the music out of this one, it would still be effective. It's just that the music adds so much more. Um, yes, it's not traditional, the 80s synth, but, you know, it's enjoyable. I think it's modernized enough. All right. So, Jackson, you're a musician. What say you? Oh, I love the score. Yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. And that, uh, I, I think a, a member of, of the Kinks family, like, tree uh, was on for the soundtrack to do the guitars. And that sound, that, like, sound is, is oh, the Jimmy is Page a style. Sound. Yeah, and a Jimmy, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. And it's the Jimmy Page, you know, violin bow on an electric guitar. So, yeah, I, I love the soundtrack. I think it's fantastic. I'm going to say, just to forecast a little bit, I don't think the Halloween Kills soundtrack was as good. I agree with my dad on that. But... But, uh, but yeah, the, the Halloween 2018 soundtrack was fantastic. All right. So a couple more things, and we'll open it up. The ending. So Sartain gets Michael to Lori's doorstep. We don't really know how he got past the fence, even in the cop car. That always kind of bothered me. But finally, Lori and Michael face off. We have that. We've got a little bit of a twist there. What did you think of the final conflict between, well, final, but go ahead and spoil it. They, they don't face each other in Halloween Kill. So um, in this movie, what did you think, Joel? Um, I love the ending. I mean, I love the whole buildup with him coming to the house. I will say there's a couple of key things about it that I'm still confused by, maybe even more so after this rewatch, which is like, how did Ray's body end up in the closet? Mm -hmm. yes. No, there's no way. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get that because like he he shows up at the door after Ray's dead. They Delory sees Ray's body out there. Michael's at the door. I don't think Michael at any point in that rest of the movie could have had time to go back out, get Ray, take him upstairs. I get why they did it, but at the same time, that that's but I feel like that's I'm just you know picking at nits on that. I, I, but I've always hated that in horror movies where I don't care which horror movie it is, where you walk a certain spot and all of a sudden a body falls down. 
what yeah, is like that about? Friday, like Friday the Thirteenth, Alice yes. is walking along, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, it, it's it's a mid for a deal. Obviously, jump scare, shock value, final girl finding the bodies. I get why it's there. It honestly, it's one of those tropes that does not bother me per se, if it makes sense as to how that thing could have happened. <laughs> so yeah. If, if there could have been enough time for Ray's body to end up there, totally fine with it. But it you just could pro- just have a body hanging in the dark and run into it. You don't have to have it suddenly just plop down. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I I, lo- I loved all of it though. I loved I loved the the sort of callback, the little visual cues and callbacks to like the original way when uh, Lori is the one who goes over the roof and lands, and then Michael looks and she's gone. Yeah, you know, those little touches like that that were really clever. And I just, I do love the whole, you know, it, it's, it's, not, it's not a cage, baby. You know, it, it's, it's a trap. A trap. Yeah. And, then, and those those shoom, those bars go over. It's so great. Um, and just the way he's looking at them, it's the flames go around. It's just, oh, so fantastic. All right, Raul, what do you say? I think this is probably my favorite feminist movie. Because mm-hmm. the, especially at the very end, after the whole ching ching, and then the basement becomes a trap and whatnot, um, Michael, who is the male antagonist, using his penis knife to stab people, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and 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 he's been he's been the antagonist throughout the entire movie, and he's he's down for anything. The only reason he starts going after Laurie in this final conflict is because that's where he ends up. You know, he's chasing. Um, Allison through the woods after killing Fontaine. They just so happens that's where he is, and he's he's you know ride or die. Like oh, I guess we're here now. So he goes and he's killing, and it just so happens it's Lori's house. It could have been anyone's house, but it just so happens it's Lori's house. Yeah, and, I just don't know how he got through that fence because that looked like a pretty thick fence. Well, how, how did Allison? Because the cop car was there. And well, how did I Allison? Mean, how did Allison break the perimeter for that matter? Well, yeah, it well, is a the, chance, yeah. yeah. I mean, but, but when did he have time to make a human jack-o'-lantern out of the policeman's yeah. face? Like, there's a lot of things that I don't give a crap about because Correct. I love this movie. Correct. I don't exactly. need these answers. It's no, either. So, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's. But, I'm sorry, Raul. It's the former criminal lawyer in me. It's just, I, it pops up. I can't. Help I get it. it. I I ask these I ask these questions to myself all the time, and then the next question I ask is. Do I care? No. Yes. No. Sometimes exactly. I do. I, I I honestly I'm right there with you. I, I pretty much do the same thing. I'm like ah, I enjoyed it. Don't care. <laughs> but the very end when he's trapped in there and he's engulfed in flames, he's forced to look up the noses of the three women he's been victimizing, either directly or indirectly, consciously or unconsciously, for the past 40 years. And it's amazing. These three women are are standing over him, and they've taken away all his power. It's bitching. I love it. All right. Yeah, I'm not arguing with you, because I love it, too. It's just on rewatches where it pops up. Because I will admit, the first time I watched it, I didn't think all these questions. I was just like, yes, yes. And especially that line that Judy Greer, you know, which, you know, Joel brought up, you know, this isn't a prison. This is a trap. I loved that. I showed that to my my wife hates horror movies, and I showed her that scene, you know, and she loved it. So, yeah, I'm all in. Jackson, what about you? I, I love the, the the ending and the whole ending set piece. And yeah, there are some inconsistencies with Michael. He's, I mean, we've known for a while that these slasher villains can teleport, right? That's that's a commonly known thing. I mean, we yeah. talked about in Halloween 4 how Michael teleports underneath a pickup truck, like while it's driving. Like, how is he there? Um, <laughs> yeah. So we, we know what that Michael's hanging help. on to under there. Yeah. And where yeah, he's exactly. able to crawl up, you know, back up onto the pickup truck. Yeah, we did talk about that. And and maybe and so I, I guess that's true in this timeline as well that that he can just teleport. But uh, 
but yeah, I I I love the the ending sequence. I don't care about any of the the inconsistencies with with how certain characters got where. It's whatever. It's Halloween. That's not what bothers me. Um, but yeah, I think it's a great uh, ending. I'm not so sure that I had ever thought about it as a feminist analogy. I I never thought about uh, about that. I guess, but um, you know, it works. I um I I did not know that Michael was the was the symbol of toxic masculinity, but but I fits. <laughs> yeah. It was- it was my wife that pointed that out to me yesterday because we watched it together and she's watched it twice. Poor girl. She doesn't even like horror movies. And <laughs> uh, I, I told her how I viewed it between like the relationship of them between like a, a sexual predator and their victim. And then she countered that, well, if that's the case, then it's a very feminist movie because of what I just laid out. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you're incredibly right. I'm an ass. <laughs> As long as you don't immediately watch Halloween Kills, which means that their victory lasts a whopping 15, 30 minutes tops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is there is that. Yeah, but then if you, to Raul's point, though, and his wife's, if you go back and watch Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, where he apparently fathered a child with his niece. Ew. Yes, but. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is weird. It is weird. But we, yeah, we covered that. That is out, so. All right. Um, Look, I I do want to say this. um, Props to director David Gordon Green and the cinematographer Michael uh, Simons, who shot the I thought shot the crap out of this. I think it looks looks great. It does. Totally love the look of this. But I love the look of both movies. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Jackson, what do you think? I I think it looks good. It's very like modern digital kind of a little bit flat. Um, it does. It doesn't look as good as like a Dean Cundy, you know, the early one. Well, what does? True, true. But uh, yeah, and I think this this movie looks better than Halloween Kills. I did have some problems with how Halloween really? Kills looked. Really? I thought Halloween Kills yeah. had more of the Kundi vibe at, at moments, not throughout the whole thing, obviously, but there was yeah. moments I felt like they, they captured that to a degree. Yeah, and I think mostly my problem is like with how Halloween Kills was edited, like how it would cut randomly to a close-up, and it's like odd choices with the cinematography. But um, but yeah, I think I think this movie looks good. I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a modern you know, blockbuster movie. It's going to look good. What else do we want to talk about with Halloween 2018? Honestly, I would say that, you know, for me, this is one of my favorites in the the franchise. Uh, I, I love this movie. Um, I am happy that my wife, who is actually a horror fan, she's just a far more selective than I am. <laughs> but she she loves this movie. Like, she actually really, really loved this movie a lot. Um, and she rewatched it with, as I mentioned earlier. Um, and, and we'll get into that, I'm sure, to some degree, because I think that she represents, I think, a certain part of the audience that because of what she loved about this movie, which was Lori and, you know, the uh, Karen and Allison together going against this force of evil and, you know, all of that. I think that what is that's something that is missing for to a large degree from the uh, Halloween kills. And yeah. so um, I and I and I honestly, upon rethinking it, I actually agree with that to a point. I still feel like the jury's out because we still got another movie coming, folks, in right. a year. Uh, but I, I still lo- I love this movie so much. I love the look of it. I love the sound of it. I love the the pacing of it. It played way faster for me this time for some reason. Even me though too. I, yeah, yeah, me that, too. Yeah, it was weird. It's like I don't know why, <laughs> but it did. Uh, but yeah, I uh, I'm a huge fan. I just I love this movie a lot. I mean, I don't know how how deep we're gonna get into ratings and whatnot, but uh, it it's definitely top tier for me. Love it. Raul, what do you say? I freaking love this movie. This is uh, Matt was talking, and I've I've mentioned that on my podcast before that the Halloween franchise is not Matt. Oh my gosh, Joel. Joel was talking, and I've mentioned this on my podcast that the the Halloween franchise is like a Goosebumps pick your own adventure. 
Yeah. And yeah. this is my favorite way to view the Halloween storyline. I And to be fair, I'm not like a Halloween purist. I'm not a Michael Myers super fanboy. My favorite franchise is uh, Friday the 13th. But mm-hmm. I still really enjoy these movies. But Halloween, Halloween 2018, which I still myself call Halloween Lives... And, and as Halloween you should, kids. yes. And uh, I th- that is my favorite way to experience the Michael Myers story. And I, I'm not saying I don't like the other movies. I love the other movies. But these this movie is phenomenal. It's a great successor to the original John Carpenter film. I freaking love it. I yeah. I mean, watch it. Rent it, put it under your pillow, rent it, watch it, buy it again, <laughs> buy four copies of this and give it to friends, put it under your pillow, give it secret kisses at night. Just love this movie. <laughs> well said. Well said. Jackson, what do you say? What Anything else? And, and what would you uh, tell our listeners about this movie? Yeah, obviously you own it, so... I, yeah, I would just say, you know, it, it did play it sort of safe, but I, I still enjoyed it. It's not even close to my favorite of the series. I'm gonna, I'm just going to say that right now. I'm not like Joel, but it's it's not anywhere close to the worst either. So, yeah, I I, I really enjoy it. I Yeah, I do own it. And uh, do you want me to give my rating now? If you want to give a number rating. I know Joel doesn't like to do that, but you go yeah. ahead. Uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to settle on a 7 out of 10. Um, oh. Originally, I was a lot higher on it. I gave it like an 8. I was I was like four stars. I am still at an eight. So I'm at, I'm at an eight point five. If we are going to go, there the we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, same. I mean, eight point five. I can't right, even argue with 8. that. Eight point five. Okay. Because it it is it's a great movie. It's just it's a seven out of ten for me. It just wasn't. It's not as I don't get as excited when I start it again as I do with other Halloween movies. Yeah, and I do want to follow up real quick and say that for me, Halloween obviously duh, is the number one. <laughs> but well, uh, yeah. Yeah, but I feel like for me, if we're ranking things, and I'm not going to go through the whole series, and, and Jackson, this is an important question. Uh, it does rank higher than Resurrection for you, right? <laughs> what doesn't? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> can, did you just ask me that question? I, I cannot even move to make sure. I just wanted to make sure. Cause did I you think a- I would like Halloween Resurrection more than a 7 out of 10? <laughs> <laughs> I had more faith in you than that, but I just was verifying for my own uh, peace of mind. I, I, I do have to say two things. One, in Halloween Resurrection's defense, I did have a crush on Tyra Banks, and she's there in it. No defense. Yeah, that's great, but there's no defense for that movie, even with that. <laughs> but, and then, did you know, this is a bit of trivia, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride debated having Buster Rhymes in Halloween Kills? Oh, God, I'm so glad they didn't do that. Oh, even oh, no offense to Mr. Rhymes. I'm sure he's a wonderful, wonderful person. But just the I, I would have just immediately started to like tremble in my seat. No, please don't. <laughs> I would say for me personally, I love like what you were saying, Raul, about going one Halloween lives, then Halloween kills, and then hopefully Halloween ends. Um, but I, I'll always have, and this is probably just pure. I don't know if it's C and D talking just from my childhood. Halloween four, if we're if we're going out and not worrying about Halloween three, because I I do really love that movie, even though it's not. But if we're talking about Michael Myers specific. Halloween four for me is actually oftentimes my second because I just there's that movie has just as my friend Doug loves to say that autumnal feel so like so strong in it, and I just there there I could watch that movie over and over and over again. Well, if you haven't listened to the podcast yet, Jackson, you you said this, and our guest said this. I mean, Halloween 4, first of all, the opening, we all agreed, was incredible. Both the sense of Halloween, setting it at Halloween, and then 
the the you know the setting at the mental hospital with the exposition oh, from the yes. order. Yes, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's handled much better than some other movies we might be about yes. to talk about. Uh, but that being said, uh, by the way, Raul, that was not some weird passive aggressive thing. You don't 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 assume I'm not on your side. Don't assume. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I feel like with four, it's it, it, it does it doesn't hurt too that I when I was in Salt Lake City for the movie podcast network meetup four years ago, I think almost to the day. Actually, I got to notice that this like four years to the day we were over there. Um, that was one of the things I did is I walked around, went to the locations with with my friend Doug and my my wife and my children in tow, playing the Halloween theme song on my phone oh, as wow. walking up and down the streets because I am a complete and utter dork. So there we are. <laughs> <laughs> now we come to Halloween Kills, which the IMDb synopsis reads. This just sounds like a tagline. The saga of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode continues in the next thrilling chapter of the Halloween series. That's it. That's the IMDb synopsis. And <laughs> is it really Michael Myers and Laurie Strode? That's no. Nope. Well, anyway, nope. Um, hey, man, it, it it made bank this weekend, raking it over fifty million over nice. the weekend. With a 76% audience score, only a 38% critic score. Yeah, but, screw them. <laughs> yeah, but man, has it split horror fans on Twitter. I mean, I logged on to Twitter after seeing it the second time. Yes, I've seen it three times as of today as we're recording Sunday the 17th. After I watched it the second time on Peacock, I the first thing I saw on Twitter was some guy tweeted, Halloween kills wants, me, wants to make me kills myself. So, man, oh, man, before we jump into spoilers, let's just get our overall impressions like dislike. All right. Halloween kills. Joel, go. Here it goes. All right. Now, in all seriousness, I saw it uh, Saturday. I had my my wonderful mother watched my children and my wife and I went to the theater I uh, went to the theater and we saw Halloween Kills on the big screen, baby. And um, I will say this out of the theater. OK. And I acknowledge this is a and I put this in quotes. I said it to, to, to this text to a friend. I said, it quotes, it may be it may be a quote unquote new Halloween movie at the movie theater. Holy crap. Exclamation point syndrome. I don't know. <laughs> but. <laughs> But so I'm sure there's that high that I was on, right? I was on that high. Right. Out of the theater, I was like a nine, nine point five. Like wow. legit, I'm not, not exaggerating, like legit nine, nine point five. Now it settled down for me a little, mm-hmm. but Raul, do not despair, my friend. Not that much. So um I really, really liked it. There were things about it in hindsight. And at the time, it's like I was trying to like do that thing where you're like you're cringing a little bit. You're like, yeah, let that go. Let that go. Let that go. Here's the thing. I did not watch any trailers at all for this movie. In fact, I went saw Malignant. Side note, loved it. Don't care what anybody thinks. But I they had the trailer come on for Halloween. I knew it started with the fire. As soon as that thing came on, I bolted and ran out of the theater because Halloween 2018's Freaking trailer ruined Vicky's death. Yeah, and like you said, it didn't ruin the opening, but it did give you stuff. It's like, ah, uh, no, man, no, no, no. I don't want any of that, and I'm really glad I avoided it because I went into this so like cold. Like I, other than the poster, and maybe, and I, had, and before going into it, there's a couple of uh, YouTube critics who are horror fans, and I listened to, like I like fast forwarded to like the last minute of their reviews just to hear like 
and most of them came down the side of they enjoyed it for what it was. And uh, that's all I needed. I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So I actually really enjoyed it. I, the the criticisms, uh, criticisms I've heard, I think, are totally valid. Mm-hmm. I really it's kind of like malignant. Like people criticize. I'm like, ah, no, I get what you're saying. You're not wrong. My only problem with malignant is I guessed I, I was lucky enough to guess the ending and that took just some sting out of it. But I don't think it's a bad movie. I, I see some horror fans are like, it's terrible. I'm like, no, it's not terrible. It's well, it's very well shot. It's very, the, okay. The wig she's wearing is terrible, but other than that, I mean, you know, I love Halloween way, too. And yeah, yeah. The best, the best thing I heard was somebody say is it replaced the the lead a- the actress with Nicolas Cage. And then, <laughs> and then that, and that movie, that movie makes total sense, and everybody would love it, and it would be a cold hit. I guarantee. I love that. I absolutely <laughs> love that. Yeah, I I don't hate on Malignant, so. It's probably not gonna. I, I'm gonna rewatch. It's probably not gonna make my top ten list, but it's definitely gonna be in the honorable mentions. I still really liked it. I thought it was a well-made film. Yeah. I see what James Wan was doing, you know, and yes. I, I respect yeah. that. But yeah. yeah, I see what you're saying, and yeah, I, I avoid trailers. Like I go to movies now five minutes late. Yeah. And I fun. never used to do that. I, I do that now. <laughs> and I had the, like I said, the argument with Ryan Turek. I'm like, hey, look, the teaser trailer for Alien was just, you know. The weird music, the egg, and in space, no one can hear you scream. Yep. All that's I need. All, that's, that's all you all need. I, need. Yep. I don't need anything else. So. I, I, take, I take it back. I did see one. Th- the very earliest teaser where it was just Lori and the like, they're like, let it burn. Yeah. And then that was it. Like, And I was like, okay, I never need to see anything else until this movie yeah, comes. Yeah, exactly. That, I tried yeah. to avoid everything I could yep. other than that. Yeah. Yes. So, Raul, your overall thoughts on Halloween Kills. My overall thoughts, I came out of the, th- I'm a little, I'm like the opposite of Joel when it comes to, I guess, most of this conversation, but <laughs> <laughs> when, so when I first saw it, I saw it in the, in theaters on Friday and I was like, man, that was, in, that was an experience. That was interesting. I, like, I don't hate it. I didn't, I don't know how to feel about it. I don't know if I really love it, but I, I went home, I reflected about it. Um, and then I wanted to watch it that night, but then some stuff came up and I was unable to, but then I watched it just yesterday. Uh, and I did a double feature of Halloween Lives and Halloween Kills. And I love that you keep calling Halloween Lives. I love that. <laughs> I, this yeah, is like, I am, sen- I am sending this podcast to Ryan Turek yeah. as your resume. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. own that, man. Own it, because it's awesome. Freaking yeah. <laughs> well, so I did a double feature of those movies. And one, it made me like Halloween Lives all the more. Yeah. And it and it made me absolutely love Halloween Kills. I came, I would like if, if I had given this a number rating when I first watched it, I'd be like, ah, 6.5. Now I'm like 9.75. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. So this may be a hot take because the first couple messages I got, I, I got different tones from Jackson while he was watching this movie. So Jackson, let's hear it, buddy. Um, so I've only seen, yeah, so I watched it on Peacock. Um, I watched it after our, our, uh, our Rob Zombie thing. And, uh... How could that not make it be better? <laughs> it, yeah. well, it, it kind of, I think it might have, because I, uh, reflecting on it, I think I liked it less the more I think about it. But let's not get ahead of ourselves here. So I, I the first thing I messaged you, if I could read out the chat logs here, we're going to do this. Yeah, go ahead. Just, uh, but, uh, so I, I sent you... At 6.08 p.m. on Friday, watching Halloween Kills. Man, this acting sucks. And then the next message, 6.10. 
the writing is just awful. And then you message me, oh, I disagree. And then I message back, that's it. The Myers house, where it all went down in the 1960s. <laughs> and, and very boring, uh, and very boring prose. Um, I grew to like it more at 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 um at 627. I I sent you okay. It got better, way better. I'm loving this. So uh, I did I did eventually come around to it during my my viewing of it. But I thought the opening was super rough. I really just wasn't a fan of the opening. I um, disagree. You mean the flashback? Yeah, the- yeah. Will here's, is back. Here's what I was. Yes, and they split off. I love that part, man. I lo- and, I, and I will say just real quick, I, I will say the only part, and this is ultimately my biggest quote unquote gripe of the whole movie, is the the exposition moments and the and the dialogue sort of just dumping the exposition yeah. out with like cops and they're having a conversation about it. Like, okay, whatever. But that aside, dude, I love the opening. I did too. I'm with you, Joel. So Jackson, you're the aspiring filmmaker. Defend yourself, sir. <laughs> I just here's what I was writing. I was writing bullet points down. I I said that I thought all the dialogue delivered by the police officers and the kids, like the kids that are bullying Lonnie, it's just so the dialogue felt so subpar. It felt like and the acting felt amateurish. I mean, like truth be told, I, the first five minutes felt like a YouTube. Oh, film. I loved Jim Cummings in his cameo as one of the Jim Cummings. You don't know made the Wolf of Snow Hollow, and he's buddies with David Gordon Green. That's why I recognized him. Yes, he's Wolf okay. of Snow Hollow. He yeah. started, okay. wrote, and directed Wolf of Snow Hollow. I love him in that. Yes. Yeah, he was good. Although, again, his dialogue is not his fault. But the dialogue where he's like, you know, the especially I, I, I don't want to give it too much away, but like the whole like you look down and you see shoe prints indicating somebody who was there very recently. And that's when you have this like little aside. And yeah, I, I, that's again, I feel like I'm I'm making a big deal out of things that in the grand scheme of things I don't really care about. But I felt like some of the dialogue was ha- a little ham fisted in that it was just very expositional. And, they, and, I, and I think they did it for newbies. Right. So it becomes this movie without having watched any of the other ones, they would have been completely lost if they hadn't done that. Yeah, but I I didn't mind it, you know, because, I mean, look, okay, I don't mean this to sound condescending. It, it, it's, it's really, really not, I'm not trying to look down on anybody. I'm in a small town in the Midwest. Okay, cops aren't walking around like quoting Nietzsche or anything. I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm sorry. They're just like, you know, Okay, Michael Myers is popped back up. You know, one of them actually knew him as a kid. And so he's like, oh, was he a sicko? And he was like, no, he just kind of stared out a window. I didn't find it that forced. I, I thought that was, you know, or a cop pulls up to some kids and said, get home. There's a guy out in a white mask. Yeah, who cares? It's Halloween. He killed three people. You know, oh, you know, I, I didn't find it that bad. I thought, okay. that, thought it was fairly realistic. Knowing the I cops did I not, met. and I, I did, I see. I won't even stop at saying that the dialogue was bad because I think it was, and I think the exposition was really ham-fisted, and that I didn't like that that part either. It's like I knew him when we were kids. It's like I didn't like that either. I'm going even further. I didn't think the acting. I didn't think the the delivery of those lines oh, was very good. Oh, I like Jim Cummings a lot. I I really was just I was watching it. and I was like, oh no, I really did not like that opening. And I'm gonna take it a step further. I wasn't a fan of the Loomis deepfake. I what? also was not what? a fan of what? that. What? It, 
the oh. deep the deep fake of Loomis <laughs> and Loomis Loomis's entire role in this movie was going, Did Michael kill Officer Hawkins? Did he kill again? Did he kill again? Well, it's that's just, what he's obsessed that, with because he yeah. wants to stop it. That's that's genuine Loomis to me. That yeah, Loomis, no, I disagree. I thought it was really goofy. Times, you know, I thought it was, was trying to stop him. I thought it was goofy, and I thought that the deep fake wasn't good enough, so that they oh, they were they were I proud of it. I thought he looked. I don't think his I think his act was not on par with Donald Pleasant's, but I thought he I thought he looked fantastic. I, I did not. I thought it looked like Star Wars Rogue One, where they brought Tarkin back. Oh, I, and, and they oh, were proud no, enough of it. And they were proud enough of it to show it twice in the movie. They had to flash back that shot. They're like, this this CG Loomis was good. Let's show it again. Uh, they were so it was, proud it was they had better to show it than twice. that. I really did not like wow, it. I, maybe it was the streaming quality on Peacock. I don't maybe, know, but it maybe it, it looked great on the big screen, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, I didn't think it looked good. I thought the the opening was just was just terrible, and I was really worried. You didn't I, love that. that you didn't, hold on, I gotta ask this. I'm sorry, Jax. I'm like I, I I'm really I'm flabbergasted. I I, I you're yeah, on me. the island. Who knew? Uh, but I. <laughs> I, I thought like you didn't love like how they all kind of froze there, a la the first film. When oh, Mike that was good. I did like that, okay. and I did like uh, Officer Hawkins. I mean, I think in the first movie we heard him tell Laurie that that he was the one that stopped uh, Loomis from shooting Michael yes. in this yes. new timeline. So I thought I liked that we got to see that, and I did like the homage to the freeze frame, you know, pull out. I we thought that was, that was like, we never saw the dog's corpse ever in the original, and we got to see. We the dog. did get to see the dog's <laughs> corpse. I'm so glad. Um, uh, no, I love the homage to the the freeze and the crane shot from 1978. Uh -huh. I loved that. Yeah, I love. So I, I did Even not. Like if, I will say this: near uh -huh. the end of the film, how do the cops not figure out that Michael always goes home? <laughs> how are they not stalking that place out? Like, how is there not a stakeout like all around that place? Yeah, Lou, Loomis, Loomis knew that in the first film. Yeah, <laughs> yes. hang out the bracket. Yeah, yeah. Didn't it take? It took Lonnie being like, if you plot these points, you can see he's heading in a straight line for the Myers house. That's like, yeah. no, it's not that hard, dummy. He's going back to the only Lonnie place where... who bought peyote from Karen's husband, or you know, right. vice versa. One. I think it was the other right. way. Around. He can figure that out, but the Lonnie... cops. Can't. Oh no, no, you're right. Yeah. So um, yeah. yeah, it's it's um, yeah. So I again, I wasn't a fan of the opening, but it it did pick up afterwards. I mean, I I'm I'm still not a fan of the script overall. I think that the dialogue took a big dip in quality from the first movie, but the the horror sequences were were fantastic. I mean, the the firefighter scene just oh. brutal, just brutal. I mean, really, all the kills in this movie are brutal, but that part especially was just like in the score and everything. It really got me. I was like, I was, my blood was pumping. I was, I was really, really on the edge of my feet. Um, and I mean, we just, this is the meanest Michael has ever been. And that's saying something. I mean, we just got done talking about the Rob Zombie movies. And I think Michael is even meaner in this than, than Tyler Maine Michael is. I mean, I love that as soon as I got sick of a character, Michael would kill them off. Like, as soon as like I was like, okay, I get this character stick. Oh, nice to the head. They're dead. Um, <laughs> so I really love that. I love how they kept it moving. Nobody was Well, you didn't, you didn't, you did not read one of the messages you sent me about one of the kills. You well, remember that what one? That? What, did I, what did I say? What did I? Oh no! Pull up the receipts. What did I say? <laughs> rest, you put rest in peace, Big John. Oh yeah, Big John. Big I was John. So John. Sad. All right, Pete. It All was right, Pete. exactly. 
Yeah, it was that actually. Exactly. I, I didn't quite. I didn't quite get tired of them yet. That, that was that was a kill that just came came uh at, at a a heartbreak. But Michael can't just be the you know if he just killed the characters we were annoyed with, then we'd be kind of like on Michael's side. But he kills he kills Big John. He kills Little John. He kills uh well this is spoilers. I, I I'll wait. I'll wait. Well we're spoilers. no we're spoilers. Go ahead. Go he go. Kills for the podcast. Judy Greer at the end, which I was not expecting. Lori's daughter. I um, did not expect that either. And, and nurse nurse Marion too yes holy and, crap and, and, and well and and the one honestly i was kind of upset because i was really hoping he was going to be on the third one i get the distinct impression tommy doyle will not be joining us oh no um can i just go ahead and say no do not say it matt i do not say it i would i thought anthony michael hall's performance as tommy doyle was uneven I, I I agree with that, but I don't think that was him as much as it could have been. The back to the dialogue thing. I think I think anybody other than him, <laughs> I like if they. I mean, I don't remember. I, mean, I think you guys have alluded to this in other yeah. conversations that the uh, original actor they didn't get him back, and I know there was some. He's he's had issues. Yeah. yeah, let's just say he's had issues, so they didn't want him. So they had Anthony Michael. I I, I just thought he was uneven i i there were times i thought he was fine like in the bar scene where he's giving the you know he's giving his little soliloquy about surviving michael myers and here's to Lori strode wherever she is and i love that cutaway to where she's in the back of the pickup truck going to the hospital i thought that was great um so i thought there were times he was really good i thought there were times when like he's in the hospital and it's like you protected me I'm it's like overacting ink dude yeah, okay. I, I, I liked him. I liked the character. I saw potential in it. I saw I saw potential, especially, you know, and I don't know how much we'll get into this, but like the the concept of 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 allowing your fear to cause you to, you know, go into the whole like mob justice mentality. And mm -hmm. and which I mean Halloween movies have gone oh, speaking of Halloween four, I mean they've dealt with that yep. uh, before. But well, it's I, like Raul brought brought up before and I brought up on this podcast many times the victim become the victimizer, right? You just yes. go you go yes. crazy. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, but I mean, the, I, I'm being honest the only part that I really kind of cringed with dialogue like exposition, look, I, how many horror movies have I seen and how much exposition have I had to listen to that really at the end of the day, I can let go. But as much as I love the line one time evil dies tonight, everybody chanting it yeah. <laughs> together seemed yeah. a little on the nose and weird. Like I was like, mm, don't know if that's a thing that would happen. Um, yeah. And I will say this, uh, not not to like jump over anybody here, but I just want to mention that you know not only do we get Tommy Doyle, obviously we get Lindsay Wallace, and that you know is um oh, why am I brain farting her name? Uh, uh, Richards. Uh, Kyle, like, Kyle Richards. Kyle, Kyle I was, Richards. Who's I was gonna say uh, Kim. That's it, It's like uh, she's on what Real Housewives of Beverly Hills something or something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah. I know her from Halloween. Like, was it Watcher in the Woods? <laughs> I think that. Her, and yeah, her I, I, I don't watch any. Of, I don't watch reality yeah, TV. Either. So yeah. either. Yeah. So yeah, but but having the back, I will say this, and having the character of Lonnie, it's a different actor, obviously. Uh, I understood the three of them being there, right? It's a small town that they never left. The idea of it being a support group of these kids that went through this horrific thing. I thought it was a. I liked. Marion being there, like I, I liked it from a fan service perspective, and I love the, the fact that we get the callback to the car thing later on with the hand and all that. But I, I guess I felt like that was weird. Like that felt very like, okay, we're gonna just we're gonna shoehorn her in here because I don't, I never, I'm not saying she wasn't from Haddonfield, but I don't recall if they ever. No, she's yeah. not because Smith's Grove was a long way from Haddonfield. Yeah, so she was in her there. She's a long way. Uh, okay, maybe she made the trek because she's a survivor. 
every <laughs> yeah, that may be a little much. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but the way the way I see it, the way I see it is as a well, like I was saying with Lori Strode when she this event changed her life. Um, with Marion, it changed her life. Also, she wanted people that she wanted to communicate her tragedy, uh, her trauma with other people that understood. And there were other people that understood in Haddonfield because that's where the main events took place. So she, in my in my head canon, she uprooted her life, moved her ass to Haddonfield, oh, okay, that's so good. that I like she that. could be with like people that understood. Her I like tragedy. that better. I like that better. Role. But it would make more sense, I think, Raul, if they include Halloween two and canon, because then, I mean, yeah, I mean. Michael Myers assaults her in Halloween, but not, I mean, he breaks a window and she jumps out and that's the end of it. But in Halloween too, she's there when, you know, all that crap goes down. So I, it's, you know, I think it's a, maybe a little bit much of a callback. I would appreciate it a little bit more in my opinion, if it was, Lonnie and Lindsay and Tommy, if they were just at the bar, I think it was a little much to include her, even though I think she's a great actress and I think she does a great job. Um, and her death is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm not sh- so sure they should have gone that deep into it. So I, I don't I mean, know. That's, I, that's just my headcanon, make, making things fit. Yeah, yeah. I look. I hear you because I want to do that with every Halloween movie, but I I kind of agree with. Uh, I was listening to a podcast last week, again while I was waiting for my dogs to pee and poop outside, um, and they got a screener of Halloween Kills. This was a few days before it came out, and the host said, "You know what? I can't yet say that it's a good movie." However, I can say that it's a lot of fun. That was his opinion. What do you think? I think he just defined a good movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know. Because here's where I go. I, I, unlike you and Bill Van Vagel, you know, look, I, uh, I will defend the term um, guilty pleasure in this, in this sense, and only in this sense. As a former aspiring filmmaker who audited film classes at USC, and I'm not trying to sound like a D-bag, but who directed a music video and all that kind of stuff, I, I want to celebrate good filmmaking, even if it's not fun. Like, if somebody does an inventive job, a good job, it's like, okay, I gave three out of five stars to the Fearless Vampire Hunters just because I did think that the production design, cinematography, and everything was fantastic. <laughs> it was the cinematography not fantastic yeah sure it was oh no technically it was perfectly sound was okay okay sound if the film, film is technically sound yes. i want to say it's a good film not a great film like I, the shining I, I, yeah oh <laughs> like the yeah. shining the shining is great all around but anyway i i you know i want to do it but there are films that I think are fun films that are not well-made films. Like, Raul, sorry, Sleepaway Camp. Mm. I mean, the <laughs> acting's not good, the cinematography's not good, the editing's not good, but it's still fun to watch. Can I ask and, you a uh, can I ask you a question, Matt, real quick, just to interject this yes, real quick? Uh, from from like more of the populist position, can I just throw this at you? Yeah. Let me just throw this at you. So you're telling me 
you, you, you're just thinking, yeah, I'm going to throw something on. Your first thought is, what is like one of the more technically sound and proficient things? That's, that's a great question. Uh, no, actually, I well, am such a film nerd that, yes, I am such a film nerd that I'm like, man, look, I and my wife has made fun of me because I was like, look at that shot. Look at that shot. That is a brilliant shot. I do that boring movie. I'm like, it doesn't matter. That's an amazing shot. I do that too. I, I can appreciate great art and cinematography and all of that stuff. I'm just saying, if given my druthers between putting on Stepfather 2, okay, <laughs> or I don't know, what is it? Uh, was it the was it the is it the duelist, the Kubrick film that's like what you know with the with the candlelight? Is that the is that no, oh, Barry, Barry Lyndon? Yeah, I think yeah, a Barry, really. duelist is a early. That uh, is a boring. Really, yeah. yeah, Barry Lyndon. So we're gonna put on Barry Lyndon, which beautiful film. I mean, it's a work of art. Or am I going to put a stepfather too? This really isn't up for debate. Just saying, for me, <laughs> it's not up I, for debate. I, I honestly can do both. Okay, no, I can do both too. I'm just saying. I but, can do both. I, I, I appreciate that. I just, you know, look, especially because today, you know, Joel, it's so easy to make a movie look good because, you know, with digital and everything. But back then, like, in 1973, when Kubrick's making Barry Lyndon, it's sure. not easy to make. I know it's a, not absolutely, and I appreciate it because of that. I, but that really kind of reinforces my point about the movies, especially from today. Like, if there isn't a heavy entertainment factor going for me, I'm checked out. Like, I'm because I, I feel like to your point, if I want truly, like, yeah, I'm not saying this about every single movie, obviously, but for a lot of them, if that's really all they have going for it, is the is the craft which. Is I don't want to say it's easy to achieve it now, but it's it is easier than if you were shooting on celluloid by candlelight, circa 1973. Yeah, so, but I mean I've seen Battleship Potemkin many times, so I can't say that. So I, it's just I I, I, I you know well, it's I, just I, I still I, have I sorry. still have just a sliver of film snob in me. I got gotcha. you. No, I used no I I think the problem is too full disclosure. I used to be like heavy heavy on the film snob. So I think that's why now I have this like for instance, I see Battleship Potemkin. I've seen, you know, a lot of those uh, those films, but I will say that uh if I'm going to watch that or I don't know, Leatherface Face Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, I'm probably watching that one. <laughs> okay. Fair yeah. enough, and I I agree. I am just saying that I I I just uh here's where I'm coming down. I think that there are parts of Halloween Kills that are sloppy. Now, and even from a screenplay standpoint, like, did we really need the gang thing with the second mental escape patient in the hospital? Oh, I loved that scene. I hated that scene. I that And I, I thought, like, that's going to be the scene most people fast forward through. Oh, not I think me. Of, of all the violence, of all the brutal blood splattering, like neck splitting of all of that. I think that scene for me personally is the hardest to watch because it takes me back to earlier through, well, I guess to all of 2020 and uh, some parts of 2021, because it, it like, um, like the election, like the, the, there's so many accounts of mind mob mentality yeah, that, that causes get, so many violent things. I, I just I love get, it. I get where that's going. We're like, and I think this was actually shot before the Capitol Hill storming and stuff. It, it, it was shot before uh, summer 2020. It was shot. All before. right. So yeah. well, I mean, it, you said you saw the Salem witch trials and. Yeah, it's kind of prophetic, but I just don't know that fits in a Halloween movie. I, I just, I don't, 
I, I just found it distracting. I thought it dragged a little bit. Also, by the way, they projected both his image and Michael Myers on yes, TV. That, I that so, yeah, yeah, so there's no reason to think that. Like, forget the mask. The guy, like, literally, he looked like Gallagher the comic and the, the later. Yes. Like, he does not remotely look like Michael in any way, shape, or form. So the fact that even, I feel like Tommy Doyle would have, like, looked at the guy and been like, wait a second. Even he would have been against it. That ain't Michael, yeah. And he's walking in with literally Smith Grove's, you know, uh, patient robes on instead of, you know, what he had on with no matter. That's not Michael. I I hated that part. That is the one part of this movie I hated. It's so funny because you're like the you're honestly you're like the fourth or fifth person. Look, I I I do not mind social commentary in my movies. Okay, I love people under the stairs. I love Wes Craven. I love Get Out. I think it's phenomenal when it's handled well. I love it. Um, when it's handled awful, uh, Black Christmas 2019. I'm looking at you. Um, when it's handled awful, I don't like it. But I will say this: this movie to me that that element of it felt okay like it felt like it was universal because like what raul just said i feel like anybody who watches it can project onto it their own kind of point of view about what that means what mob justice is and it's not like as we've already established halloween's never gone there they just went there in a much shorter period of time say like yeah. in halloween four and i think even halloween is a halloween two to some degree I, it's been a hot minute since i've seen that one the original halloween two not the zombie one but right. uh there, there's isn't there kind of an element of people hunting like the, is that, am I remembering that wrong? I know in four it's definitely there. No, in four it's there. In, yeah. in four it's definitely there. Yeah, in two it's only their uh, group throwing rocks at the house. Yeah, and there was like the guy that gets hit with the car, right? Um, what's his name? I don't, yeah, that. I mean, Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but, and we and we said on that episode that how fast was that cop going down a. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember you guys saying that. Yeah, I guess this my point is it's not like it hasn't ever been addressed, but for whatever weird reason, as much as of all of my friends, I tend to get the rantiest when people try to, you know, get on a soapbox in a movie uh, at Crash 2004. I'm looking at you. Um, but but I will say, for whatever reason, I'm kind of with Raul on this. Like this, that didn't bother me in this movie. Uh, that part bothered me. I, I didn't mind the mob going out after. Michael Myers, though I didn't understand why they were separating into like groups of four. You yeah, know, it, for me, I'd be like, I want, I'd want to be in a group of like fifty. Yeah, strength in numbers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't understand that. But that being said, I, I just, I didn't like that part. I, I, I don't know. I just didn't like that part. But Jackson, you've been silent. What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't mind that that scene. I don't, I don't, I didn't mind that at all. It is kind of weird. Uh, the the fact that they all just kind of assume that guy is Michael, I guess, because he has a Smith Grove jumpsuit on, maybe. But yeah, do they really think that, that guy was gonna <laughs> slaughter like fifteen people that night? I don't think so. Um, and I did think it was a little weird yeah, how he, he looks like you know you know John Goodman could outrun him in a race. So I'm just yeah. saying. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's so ahead of the mob. Yeah, he did. And that, that part was weird to me because when we cut to him running, he's kind of shuffling along and breathing real heavy. But then we have these these teams of people just bounding up the steps after him. And it's like they don't they, then Judy Greer has like a minute with him. Where are these people? You know what I mean? Are they just walking up the stairs, walking back down again, getting their steps in? Like, what are they doing? Um, because Judy Greer talks to him for a while and he was kind of shuffling along. I don't know how how that happened. But anyways, um, yeah, I didn't mind that scene. I think it was the most unnecessary 
necessary in the movie. I, I know why it was there. It was there just to show that the, the community was ready to kill. Um, and that when they finally got the real Michael at the end, they were going to make sure it was him and they were going to make sure he stayed dead. So I guess that was that was the reason that was there. I'm not really sure. Um, so I didn't I didn't mind that that scene very much. And it, it does. It really does speak to the fact that it's like it. We see that back in Halloween, too. Joel is right. I mean, it's it's the tribe mourning their loss. So, um, yeah, I don't know that it, it was an odd scene. Um, and I think it was a. I, it was, yeah, I agree with you. I thought it was odd. I just didn't think it fit. And another thing is, again, I've said this already. I didn't. I don't think Judy Greer in the series is a good dramatic actress, because How when she's reaching out for him, when she's reaching out for him, she's like, "It's okay. I won't hurt you." I was like, "I'm just not buying this." It just it, it, that that didn't work for me so Isn't much. Is she but, a counselor though? I guess. I don't so. remember. I don't remember if they ever I think she's that. a counselor. I don't remember, but um, but but hey, the the uh, the practical effects are were pretty cool on the guy after he jumps. Is that morbid <laughs> to say? I don't know. That's pretty cool. And I love how Tommy's like Tommy's trying to justify after the guy's dead. He's like, uh, how do we know it was him? He, you know, he wears the mask, and it's like obviously not him. And he's yes. like, it could be him. <laughs> yeah, I know. I agree with that. I agree with that part for sure. He does not have a Tostitos belly, Michael Mel Michael Myers. Yeah, he is not. He doesn't have a potato chip beer belly like that guy. I'm sorry. And yeah, that I I uh, if they'd had cast an actor looked more like you know Nick James Castle, Courtney, like look more James Jude Courtney. Yeah, walk, walk by me. I went to a, a small con uh, about a month ago with my son, and James Jude Courtney was there. Walked right past us. He is a very you know, he's about maybe even a little taller than me, or right about my height, and very very lithe, you know, sort of guy. Like he definitely does not look anything <laughs> at all like that guy. That's yeah, dumb. yeah, exactly. And so. It was like I, I don't know. I don't know if I mentioned to the this to you before, um, Joel. So, Jackson, you're almost six two, six one and a half, something like that. Yeah, yeah, six one. And Joel, you're about the same height. I'm about yeah six foot ish. Yes, I've shrunk. Okay. <laughs> go, go look at the picture next to Joe Joe oh, Bob. Joe Bob. Yeah, when I met Joe Bob too, I was like, holy crap, that dude's tall. <laughs> He's like six five, six yeah. six, right? Yep. 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 He's a big dude. But anyway, yeah, I, I, I didn't buy that whole thing. But that being said, let's be honest. Halloween Kills is about the kills. It's and, in the title. It's in the title. Yeah, and there are a lot of them. As I said, more than 30 um, in this movie. Did you guys have a favorite kill? Raul, and, you go first because this is hard. Oh, he's, he's, he's punting, Raul. He's a, Raul, what do you think? What's your favorite kill in this one? I have a favorite scene of kills. Okay, go for it. <laughs> go for it. Where's spoiler? You can go ahead. Um, it's uh, it's right when he gets out of the the burning house and he lays waste to those firefighters. Yeah, it was freaking incredible because, and I'll tell you, a lot of people didn't really like how violent Michael Myers was in this movie, and I I did, and I can justify it too because in the first one, so. In, in, in the very first John Carpenter movie, he's out there, he's doing his thing, you know, he he's just having a ball. And then he's locked away for so many years. And then we get to Halloween Lives, and he's more brutal because of all this, like, pent-up aggression that he's had. And and he really just wants to have as much fun as he freaking can. And he's made, he's, again, he's having a ball of it, but in a more violent way. 
because now he's a grown ass man. Now we get to Halloween Kills, and not only does he still have that pent up aggression, now he's pissed because someone had the audacity to almost kill him and ruin his fun. Hell no. Michael is pissed. He walks out of that house, out of that burning house with a bloodlust that he's never felt before. And the only way he can express himself is through blind rage and violence. So I completely justify the brutality of this movie. I love it. And right off the bat, when when those firefighters get destroyed i was here for it i could not have been happier i have a brother that's a firefighter and that like pry bar that he uses against the firefighters every time he showed me one of those i'm always like that's gonna kill someone you can kill someone with that thing and (laughs) the fact that he used that i was oh it was like it was like this that scene was made for me it was and visually though, right? <laughs> Fire. Oh, yeah. Oh, it looks so good, man. When I he love- raises that one firefighter up with oh. it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Or you just before he attacks and the firefighters are like one grips the handle of the axe a little harder, the other one revs up the saw. They know what's going down. They're getting ready yeah. for a fight. Yeah, that's what I love. That I love that. I agree. I totally agree with you all. I will say that would have probably been my pick had you not uh, stole it from me. But <laughs> the other. <laughs> I, I, there was a couple of like, like, holy crap kind of moments to me. Yeah. And so now I will, I will cheat a little bit and say the gun when, when the nurse at the, oh, de- and he hits, he hits the gun, it just turned pop. <laughs> just she's oh, down. Man. And that was, that came up on an interview with Dave and Gordon Green. And it was a, it was a European film critic. And he was, and he was like, oh, so, You've gotten some criticism from Halloween 2018 that you were pro-gun. Now everyone in this movie who has a gun gets screwed. Was that, you know, a conscious choice? And David Gordon Green's response was, no. <laughs> it's it's a movie. It's I a movie. Yeah. And, and, well, and, and the funniest part is uh, maybe what his conscious, conscious choice was is to make everybody in Haddonfield be like the worst shots in history. Yeah. Yes. They were a horrible yes. shot, every one of them, except for yeah. her on herself, because holy crap, that one was great. And then her husband, uh, the doctor slash nurse, because he was dressed like a doctor, but was really a nurse, the blade up through his guy was very reminded me of oh. Austin a little bit. That was yeah. pretty great. But I will say back to, to back to, uh, you know, R.A.P. Big John, um, the eyeballs, cause, like you literally <laughs> see them like just uh, pop. did you not like did you not? Were you not rooting for Big and Little John? I mean, that was awful. Michael McDonald, who played Little John, I have loved since Mad TV. Mad TV, baby. Yes, Stuart. Let me do it. Oh, my God. I love him. I love, but here's the thing. He's such a great comedy actor, but you would think, so like when I saw him, I thought to myself, "Uh uh-oh, are they going to like ham this up? Because you don't know with him. But proving like, a lot of times comedic actors can be very great dramatic actors because of his delivery, because it could have been cheesy, but that moment where Michael's in his room and he's standing over his husband and he says, looks at Michael and says, Michael, you came home. And again, that, that should have been cheesy, but it was actually really, and you start hearing his screams as you move away from the house. Uh, love that. It was well delivered. It was yes. very well delivered. I I loved both of them. And Scott MacArthur, who plays his husband, is in The Righteous Gemstones, which is a series I love because I think it's hysterical. And somebody who's in ministry making fun of ministry. Sorry, I can't help but love it. But Jackson, you've been silent. Come on, favorite <laughs> kill, buddy. Come on. 
my favorite kill and the firefighters one was was a big one for me. I love that that scene with the ch- the the bandsaw or the chainsaw type thing that he's got. Yeah. That that was cool. Uh, the, he but Michael they, they used that against my thing basically. Yes. Yes. Use yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was cool. But my favorite is probably Cameron because yep. it was so brutal. He gets just over and over again. He knows that he's messing with Allison, and then she's like, "Leave him alone, leave him alone." And I thought he was gonna cut his head off. I thought that was what he was gonna go for originally, but he just twists his head all the way around. I was like, "Ooh, it's just brutal." And it's so weird watching Halloween 2018 again, knowing that was gonna happen to Cameron because we check back in with Cameron at the beginning of this movie. We're like, "Okay, he's a major character." He gets just brutally killed. It's yeah. it's it just it's brutal. It, yeah, it really so is. Really, don't assume that since somebody from the first movie is coming back that they're gonna survive because this movie makes sure and, you and, don't and, like that. And that's one of the things I love about this teeing up Halloween ends, which is, I to give credit to David Gordon Green and Danny McBride, no one is safe in these movies. No one. I mean, and, we didn't even mention Charles Cyphers is back as Bracket. He gets killed. Yep. All right. Yeah. Oh man, that's I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's and that makes me worried about Lori and Halloween ends. What's oh, yeah. gonna happen to her? Yep. Now I'm worried. Or I, Hawkins I, or Allison or on and oh, on man. and on. Yeah, yeah. Anybody. It's really anybody. And I oh I forgot to mention this. We were talking about the the nurse and doctor duo. Did you guys know you can see them in the first movie and that one yes, shot of Michael getting in the yep. car when Michael's yep. walking so, down the street? Yeah. That's, the same, that's the same really thing with the kids with the uh, Halloween three masks. Yes. 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 So so yeah, that's cool. And um, I and wanted I, going back to your point, Raul, are there any kids who deserve to die more than those kids? <laughs> <laughs> My hold hold up. <laughs> Hold up. My wife is a middle school teacher. When she saw those kids, she's like, yeah, that's accurate. That's oh accurate. My God. That's what kids are. Wow, that is so funny. A friend of mine who oh, sucks. Oh, those kids are jerks. Hold on, hold on. Matt, Matt, my, my, I'm not because my wife and I used to teach middle school, and Raul, uh, we thought the same thing. And my friend who substitute taught for like just a couple weeks, he thought he, he thought the same exact uh, thing. Like those kids were really accurate. <laughs> yeah. I work in an elementary school and I still see kids like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, those are kids. That's yeah. a good portrayal of kids. And that's why America's in such trouble, folks. <laughs> anyway, I <laughs> honestly, I was like, kill them, kill them all. <laughs> yes, I agree. The one scene I want to bring up though, the scene with Lenny Clark, Someone who I've always loved. He was in Rescue Me. He's a longtime Boston comic. And Diva Taylor, who was in the 2018 as the as the cemetery key, ta- you know, caretaker. I don't know. <laughs> Tongue tied. Carekeeper. <laughs> you know. So they you have this mixed race couple, and Michael shows up. They're apparently like next door to Lori Strode or whatever. Oh, man, that is brutal, especially when, you know, he slashes her throat and then he just starts taking knife after knife into his back. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's like the teeth thing again. We're like, it's like it's brutal. It's disturbing. It's messed up. But yet it's weirdly like a kid playing with his food or something. Yes. But by the way, did you totally catch what they were watching on the TV? No, I didn't. It's Funhouse. Toby Hooper's Funhouse. Oh my lord! No, I didn't catch that. Yes. Oh wow! I didn't catch that. Yeah, I, I bet that was awesome. I just I remember you know just the one thing that has stood out to me I, even after like Friday I I watched this on Friday morning 
on Peacock. And on Friday afternoon, <laughs> this is how messed up I am. Um, I'm working on homework because I'm working on a PhD. And I'm sitting there like staring off to space. And my wife is like, what are you doing? I was like, the guy from Rescue Me got like six knives in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I it's, love that scene. Because yeah, it, again, it was like, he's pissed. He's so mad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he makes it, the problem is it's not just that he does what he does. That's horrible. But he said she's dying and watching it. Yes. That's what makes it really bad. Yeah. yeah. And the and the actions of violence, the, the depictions of violence, that's not what's in focus. She is in focus. Yeah. And we're yeah. watching it over yeah. her shoulder. Yep. Oh, yeah. that's so good. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Jackson, what did you think of that scene? Oh, yeah, that was a fantastic scene. And I love that that the just over and over again, that was so brutal. And then I thought he was gonna go in for one last stab. He picks up the knife, looks at it, and he just takes it and walks out. And it's like I thought he was gonna like stab her again, you know, whatever. It, it, he's just like, nope, this is my knife now. You know, I'm just moving on to the next kill. It was so brutal. Yeah, I love that scene. Um, not not really sure. The, the drone was given a lot of screen time. I thought that was a, that was an odd choice. Like we even see him kick the drone when he's walking in. It's like they they really really wanted to. And I was like, is this product placement? But then she's like, piece of crap drone. You know, so she. It's right. not, I don't think any drone company would like them referring to that. Anyways, um, yeah. So that that was a brutal scene. Man, that there are so many good kills. And I've heard people complain that it doesn't feel like a Halloween movie. And it's like. Halloween has been trying to push the limits ever since Halloween 2 when John Carpenter put in all right. those extra Agreed. gory kills. So I don't think if, if you know, this is, I think, in, in, in gore inflation, if that you can even call it that, as the years go, has, have gone on, I think Halloween 2 is just as much of a step up in gore as this is from well, previous Well, it's very Halloween. similar to Halloween 2, isn't it? In many yeah. ways. Yeah. In that it steps it up. Lori's not given much to do. It's, it, yeah, yeah, I... Yeah, I well, we could go on and on. We need to wrap this up, but we need to talk about the ending. The mob surrounds Michael. It looks like they have him. Karen walks off. Then Michael goes after the mob and then goes after Karen. Joel, did that take you by surprise? That he does what he does and that yes. they, they and that they let him do it? Because as my wife pointed out, she's like, why he's down? Why don't they just put handcuffs on him? <laughs> like why? Well, why? Yeah. Well, because it's a mob. It's not a group of like, people. For sure. For sure. For sure. But I'm saying, if they had just done that, then uh, they probably have been fine. Um, I I will say, I know I'm probably perhaps the only person that loved Sheriff Brackett looking at Michael and saying. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Everyone I, I, deserves one good scare. Everyone, Michael, it's Halloween. Everyone deserves one good scare. I loved that he did that. <laughs> I know it's cheesy. I do not care. I loved it. Um, I liked it. I did. Honestly, I like that ultimately there's this idea because it still plays into Michael being this supernatural force on some, on some level that it's like he gets strength from the more people he kills and the more fear he creates. So it's kind of like a Nightmare on Elm Street thing, which- Well, it's back to the boogeyman, right? Yeah, the boogeyman, ad, exactly. That boogeyman part of him is becomes more and more powerful the longer right. he goes on. So I do I do like that. I liked it. Um, I liked definitely the melee with the fireman more as far as how it played out, the way it was shot. But um, I didn't dislike it. And I do like in the end, he's still there. 
Uh, I I did I would I would have probably liked it less if they had tried to really sell the fact that he was quote unquote dead, you know, and it's like because we'd be like, right. oh, well, we know there's another movie coming, so obviously he's not. But I am glad they just went with it and let it just keep on going. Raul, what do you say? I I was honestly rooting for Michael Myers the entire time because I I thought the mob. <laughs> Like when when they killed that innocent dude who went to the hospital for medical attention because he just right. got in a car accident, I, I thought I was like, oh crap! Well, mob mentality is obviously the not the way to go. And then later, like I thought the mob was super problematic. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like flashbacks to a lot of stuff. But when at, at the end, when the mob comes back in and, and mob mentality is gonna save the day, and and we're guess what? We're the good guys after all. And really, mob mentality. Like I thought, well, mob mentality is a numbers game. We're gonna get it right eventually. Like, no, that's not how, not how that works. <laughs> no. Uh, so when they kicked his ass and he's on the ground, and don't get me wrong, I like scenes when like a community bands together, like uh, uh, like uh, uh, vampires versus the Bronx. I like that. Mm-hmm. I. Uh, it, so I was a little conflicted by that, but ultimately I was still rooting for Michael Myers just because of how messed up the decisions of the mob had been up to that point. So to see them come in and be the heroes, I was like, ah, oh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I like that. But then when Michael Myers gets up and starts laying waste, killing people, stabbing them, breaking bones, I thought, yes, yes, yes. I was literally fist pumping in the theaters and at home. And then, and then the only part that surprised me was when he he killed uh, Karen. I thought, oh crap, he got to the house really fast. Yeah. But uh, aside from that, I thought, you know, when when he goes out full supernatural, I was like, yes. I the only part I didn't like about that was when Karen was looking up in the window and saw Michael in the clown outfit. I thought that was a little cheesy. I thought that was more for us. You think yeah. so? I, yeah. uh, Joel, what do you think? I thought that was a little. I agree. I think it was more for just like an audience moment. So it was obviously a callback to them talking about when he was a kid, how he would be seen in the window staring out. And I think it was a way to foreshadow what it ends up ultimately having to her. And honestly, I'm with Raul. I'm okay with Karen going out the way she did. It did seem very sudden. Like he just, again, back to the teleporting thing, just teleported there. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. So Jackson, what say you, buddy? I, I liked the ending. I thought it was really weirdly edited. I don't know if it's just me, but there were like it felt kind of like a music video almost a little bit. Um, the the ending scene and Tommy Doyle like getting stabbed. Like we get these weird close ups of his face as like the life drains from him. It's like really oddly edited. I thought. But I did like the the Michael killing the mob. I thought that was really cool. I like the guy comes at him with a gun and it just it, it felt like a kung fu movie there for a little bit. It was like Michael fighting off all these people. And well, I also he learned loved, a lot from Buster Rhymes. So because... he did. That's right. Uh, that was Buster Rhymes cameo. But uh, he's actually in the mask in that scene. You don't know that, but that's actually Buster Rhymes, like in Halloween Resurrection, where he puts on the mask to play Michael. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's actually him. Well, but, what you uh, don't know is in Smith's Gross, his favorite movie was John Wick. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I love I also love how he's he's got his mask off. And the, the first thing that he does before he's about to, like, fight all these guys is he puts it back on. He's like, all right, well, hold on one second. Let me time out. All right. Now I'm ready to party. Now he's got his, he's got his mask on. So right. I like that part. I did. I thought the death of Karen. Well, I didn't like her character. The death of Karen was effective just because she was a main character. And that was really surprising. But it did feel really weird. It was really sudden. Uh, the, how it's just like 
She's just staring out the window. Well, there's Michael, and he's killing her now, I guess. And now the movie's over. It's very, it's very odd. Um, I didn't mind so much Kid Michael. Uh, you know, that didn't that didn't bother me as far as references go. It did kind of bother me that that everyone's entitled to one good scare. That was like, oh, I was like, okay. I, I know, but I, like, I love that. Out of the franchise, <laughs> they use it a lot, right? I mean, like every every time they try to resurrect the franchise, like H two O, I know definitely did it with um with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, and, yeah gently, and, yeah. Right, uh, and I thought that worked. The. <sighs> It was a little, I was like, ugh, yeah, it's all right, I guess. He's a grandpa. They always kind of say the same stories and jokes <laughs> over and true. over again. That's true. He's like, he's been saying that for the past 40 years. He's exactly. like, every single time he runs into somebody, he's like, oh, everybody's entitled to one gets here. Like, you said that last year. It's like, <laughs> so, so maybe that's just his catchphrase, and we don't know that. That's not a Halloween catchphrase. That's just his catchphrase in particular. Exactly, exactly. Um, but uh, but anyways, yeah, so I, I didn't mind the ending, um, but it definitely did. It, it Here's what I was thinking. I thought it was so weird that Lori never sees Michael this entire movie. It's such an odd choice. I know she was in the hospital and I know they're making another sequel, but like, wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it have been much more satisfying if Lori had been the one to stab Michael with a pitchfork instead of Judy Greer? If she had been the one to stab him and get, like, try to get... I mean, well, what, they're obviously setting that up for part three. I know they, they want... But could we have at least have seen them, like... And, and, and the early rumor is that it's going to be several years later. It's yes, not going I've to be that. the same night. That's oh. so odd, because Michael is alive. You'd think they want to pick it right I back. I don't know what they're going to do, but it's going to flash forward. But but you know what I mean? Wouldn't that have been so much cooler if 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 Laurie was at least there on scene? Maybe I don't know. But it was really odd that we end the movie without any. Well, money. Jamie Lee Curtis is also one of the executive producers, so maybe it'd have been like, you know what? Give you my five million. I'll go lie in bed for a week. Yeah. And- <laughs> well, yeah, that's exact. That's probably what it was actually. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, anyway, I thought that was a weird choice. But but yeah, it was it was a good it was a good ending. And it it like I said, as the movie went on, it grew on me. And then I, I, when the movie was over, I thought about it a little more, and it, it dropped a little bit for me. But I still enjoyed myself. I liked it more than I didn't. Um, and I'm I'm still excited for, for Halloween Ends. I am, too. And that's a good question to end on before we get to ratings and recommendations. Joel, are you looking forward to Halloween Ends? Absolutely. And I, I will make a prediction that if they even remotely stick the landing with Halloween Ends, mm-hmm. that will make this a stronger movie. That when you watch them together, it will feel it's a bridge movie. It's definitely connecting the first and the last mm-hmm. one. I think if they if the third one works, I think this movie will be stronger as a result. That is just my prediction. But one little thing, uh, Jackson, you mentioned how you know the, the, about the weirdness of certain moments. Um, am I the only person who found it really odd that at Haddonfield um, Hospital they have the morgue in the same way you would normally have a baby nursery with glass where everybody could just walk yeah. up? And, yeah, and that is. Yeah, Oscar's mom walks up and she's like, "Oh, yeah, why is that? Oh, I like it because we get to see Oscar's corpse, and that yes, was cool." But that, but that would made no sense. Like, what no. hospital has that? No. No what what if been. that wasn't the morgue? What if that was like just this overflow area that they had to start putting bodies into because the morgue was uh, now full of corpses? I, 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 I've worked, I've worked, I've worked as a lawyer in three different states. That has never happened anywhere I've been. <laughs> and if they did it though, but I, I to Rel's point, that would be fine, except that I think they would put a curtain or something, at least a makeshift yes, no, up yeah. for the windows. It's actually very difficult to get into a morgue. Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. People yeah, are dying and, to get in. 
<laughs> well, there is that. Uh, so, yeah, badoomba. Um, <clears throat> all right. What do we want to rate and recommend Halloween Kills? And this is what I've been waiting for because this film has been so divisive on social media. So I want to start with Jackson because you sent me mixed messages. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Hey, 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 hey. We we appreciate our Patreon supporters and all the money goes to you to put you through film school. So come on, put your neck out there. What do you rate Halloween Kills? I was hoping you'd save me for last so there would at least be one person maybe that would drop off listening. They'd be like, all right, I've heard three out of the four. I can stop uh, listening now. Oh, nope, come on. Oh, great. Okay. Um, I had it in before we started this this episode in my notes at a 6 out of 10. I'm going to bump it to between a 6 and a 6.5, so like 6.25 out of 10. I liked it more than I didn't, but... Man, it's it's a very odd entry, and I just want to say I I will probably end up buying it, but the, I think the ghost song in the end credits was better than the actual movie. <laughs> I did like I like I like that song too. Actually, yeah. Oh man! All right, so let's go let's go out of order. Raul, on a one to ten, what would you give this? Nine point seven five. Wow, you're sticking with it. You're there, man. Yeah, the only reason I'm not going to give it a 10 is because this movie is best viewed in quick succession with the first, the, with the original, John Carpenter's original, and mm -hmm. Halloween Lives. So unless you have time to make that six-hour-long, six-and-a-half-hour-long journey with the... <laughs> with Michael Myers throughout this entire experience, watching this movie alone, I don't feel like it stands alone very well. Okay, um, that's so, fair. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a great movie. It's kind of like the thing from 2011. The only times I ever watch that movie is when I have time to also jump right into John Carpenter's The Thing, and I love both of them. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's the only reason I'm not going full 10. 9.75, it's damn close. I enjoyed it. I'm going to buy this movie. I'm going to buy three more copies of this movie to give away on the podcast at some point. And that's that. I mean, shoot, I loved it. I loved the experience. All right. Joel, I know you hate giving numeral ratings, but what would you say about <laughs> Halloween Kills? Uh, well, look, I really enjoyed it a lot. I definitely see some of the flaws in it, for sure. I agree 100% with what Raul said. I think I would have, I don't know that I would have liked it as much as I did had I not watched 2018 a day or so before. Mm -hmm. So at least watch that. Try to watch the original and 2018 if you can. Uh, going into it because I think it'll just enhance the experience of it because it is hard. It's hard to judge it as a standalone movie because it does feel like it needs at least the weight of 2018 on its side to really work. But with that, with that being said, originally, like I said, when I walked out of the theater, I was like 9, 9.5. It's dropped a little bit for me. It's definitely not as high as 2018. So uh, for me, it's right now hovering around the eight mark. Um, I'm going to watch it at least a couple more times, I'm sure, and very. Mm -hmm. Like right around the corner. I'm sure I'll see it at least uh, as many times as you, Matt. Um, so for me, it right now is in the eight territory. I'm with you, Joel. I've, I'll give it an eight out of 10. I do have some problems with it. Like I said, I didn't like the whole red herring mistaken identity mob thing. I didn't like that. Um, a, a, there were a few other problems I had with it, but it, I was completely engaged with every other minute in this film. I had fun with it. Just on the fun factor alone, I'm going to give it 8 out of 10. 
So I and I will buy this. I'm with you, Raul. I will buy this when it comes out. Yeah, so absolutely. Mm-hmm. So folks, stick around to hear what we have coming up in November. We want to thank all of our supporters at Patreon, and that includes you two gentlemen. Thank you. And you can become one for as little as $2.50 a month, and you can vote on what we cover, get early access to Jackson's videos, be on the show, and vote in our horror Oscar episode. And you can also find more stuff at fatherandsonwatchhorror.com, and we can be found on Twitter, at fathersonhorror, and we have a closed Facebook page. Joel, where can they find you, sir? Well, honestly, the the main thing I'm going to pitch right now, because it's sort of like the biggest thing I've had going on... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for the last couple of months of my life, um, is a Spooky Flicks Fest on Retro Movie Geek. We, I think by the end of the month, we'll have done 20 episodes. Wow. So uh, I, I I will tell anybody, if you ever choose to do such a thing, starting at the beginning of August and scheduling out with everybody all through August and September so you can actually somewhat uh, like just be able to focus and enjoy uh Movies and such coming out in October uh, is advisable, and that's what I did. So I, th- I actually, as we record this, I only have one episode left. It's our Halloween episode. We're recording it next Sunday. But other than that, they are all in the can and loaded on the site. So uh, definitely go check that out, Spooky Flicks Fest. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Yes, and it, the one on Fearless Vampire Hunters will have you peeing in your pants from laughing uh, uh, so hard. And, and so hundred percent because of Ashley. <laughs> yes, man. Yes, funny. yes, and also. Um, go on YouTube and watch all of the episodes of Werewolf and then listen to the Werewolf podcast with you and Hammond. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's a great podcast. I love that show. There have been very few TV uh, shows that I was disappointed when it was canceled. Most shows that I love run a little long. Yeah. But Werewolf, I was, uh, I was heartbroken when that was canceled. Werewolf and action with Jay Moore and Greg the Bunny. Somehow all on Fox. Oh, Greg the Bunny is great. Oh, my gosh. Greg the Bunny has one of the greatest lines ever. When Greg the Bunny is talking about, you know, why don't he says he's lonely. And somebody says, why don't you get a dog? And he says, if I wanted something to lick my face and poop in my yard, I never would have divorced Farrah Fawcett. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Oh, Raul, talk about your great podcast, Headlong into Monsters, and where else they can find you, buddy. Oh, well, uh, I'm a a co-host on that podcast. Uh, Barely Ashley, who you had, I assume, last episode, is also is my my uh, the other host of that podcast. And we talk about movies. We go in depthly, almost scene by scene. We talk about for like our episodes are about two hours long now on average because we just lose track of what we're talking about and then i'm end up talking about random crap but uh you can follow that podcast uh anywhere you can find podcasts uh, we're also have a twitter page at at uh, in two monsters that's in the number two monsters uh you can follow me personally at raul versus monsters um and we did we i i did just buy a domain name but i don't know if all that's up right now for for uh to plug that but uh, we'll eventually have a, a full working website soon so yeah awesome awesome and his podcast is incredible i've listened to several episodes and and raul's been on before he's great so everybody should check that out jackson where can they find you yeah you can find me on twitter at kane underscore hero 12 that's k-a-i-n-e underscore hero 12 
uh, and you can find my YouTube and my letterbox from there. Um, yes, always ready to talk about uh, horror movies and debate Halloween kills. I, I'm looking for. I, I, I'm surprised nobody started a Twitter chain with me yet. I, I, I was expecting that <laughs> after my, my very, my uh, tweet hinting at my thoughts on it, but so far nothing. Maybe after this episode drops, I'll start getting DMs. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so i can be found on twitter and letterboxd at pastor matt r and so in november we hope to have two new episodes um at least one movie has been chosen uh both following a creepy family to go along with the holidays one of those will also feature the gill man as we return and cover the people under the stairs on its yes. 30th anniversary 30th oh, anniversary man dude that god i feel so old I know, me too. But we will also allow our, uh, we're going to ask our uh, supporters over at Patreon to choose whether we cover, along with that, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake from 2003, or the original Wrong Turn, or the one of the two Adams Family movies from the 90s, or a true Thanksgiving horror movie, Blood Rage. So <laughs> that's what our Patreons will pick, and that's where we'll go. All right. Again, thanks for listening. Jackson, say goodbye to the good people. Goodbye. And remember, every time you watch the original Halloween, every year, right? It's your yearly tradition. You're going to be thinking about how little innocent Tommy Doyle indirectly killed an innocent psychiatric hospital patient 40 years on down the line. <laughs> Are we going to oh. carve jack-o'-lanterns? I don't know, Tommy, but you're going to be in some hot water in 40 years. <laughs> oh, until we meet next time, remember that the family that watches horror together slays together. See ya. Once again, I want to thank the great people over on Patreon, Dave Becker, Greg Bench, Ryan Bratton, Dan George, Ian Urza, Kevin Corby, James McFeeders, Ashley Pinkard, Greg Amortis and Pearl from LOTC, Raul Rivera, Joe Robertson, Greg Russell, Brian Scott, Stefan Sitter, Amy Swan, and Trey Whetstone. Thank you all so much. You make this podcast possible. Black eyes, like a doll's eye. That whole family, though, had a reputation. Ray, come on. It's true. It's a relevant factor. Ray, Ray. Remember the one time Lonnie punched that cop in the face? Ray. That was it. Oh, mother!